Lovely fella. That's done any request. Can I play your guitar? Through Wonderwall. I'm a good singer. Can I sing with you? Oh, give us another. Come on, mate. One more song. 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 Okay, we're good. Yeah, we're good there. Yeah. So I'm looking at that one. You don't have to look at it. No, I'm gonna look at you guys. Look at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to yeah. pretend it's not there. Just, kind of just stare at us intently. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. The of the lens. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that in. Right. Hello, welcome to the One More Songcast. We've, uh, we've got another guest on, but it's not really a guest episode today. It's more just a chat and a bit of a topic discussion. So we've got Shelley Lefay back with us. Hiya. In person this time. Hiya. Yeah. Sorry for deleting your footage, by the way. <laughs> it's just so, it's all right. Suppose. We, uh, <laughs> this time. I was trawling through your Facebook for hours, just like get, grabbing as many photos as I could to fill yeah, out the episode. Yeah. We did all right with what we, what we, what we had, but uh, nah. It was a good episode, to be fair, um, on Spotify and whatever else. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah, just remember us singing one more song all together oh, over yeah. my guitar. And yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it was good times. So, so, how have you been, Shelley? <laughs> What's it been about six weeks, something like that? Probably a bit longer, to be fair. Time goes so fast, doesn't it? What I reckon that to? sounds about right. Yes, because yeah. it was like the day after my birthday. Mm. So, whenever that was. Yeah, well, you, sh- we, you should June. know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before well, that Muse, so anyway. Before Muse. It was before Muse. Oh yeah. How did you feel about Muse? Oh, unbelievable. It's such unbelievable. A good time. Yeah, you're just watching it. Even Royal Blood before him, we were like, it's just like, how? Yeah, yeah. How, how can you possibly sing and play that? That's not. It's just not no, human, is it? It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried so much to like sing and play with violin, and it's so hard. And I am gonna. I know it's possible because some people manage it. So I am gonna try and, and work on that. But yeah, I just feel like it would open up so much for me if I could do that. But um, yeah, there's this, this thing, isn't there? You've got to kind of like compartmentalize bits of your brain in order to do that. And I can just about do it with guitar, I don't think. Yeah. Violins. And Matt Bellamy can do it on anything while he's playing a full symphony on piano. It's just, it's just stupid. I know, like um, every now and then I just watch, there's a video of like, I think it's Space Dementia. Yeah. And he's singing at the same time. Yeah. It's like, you're not human. You're not human. No, it's just not fair, to be, I know. <laughs> to be quite honest. Sorry. No, you're Do you fine. have any thoughts about Muse? <laughs> no, I don't. No, no. I don't. Really? <laughs> no, no. Do all. I need to listen to him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. would they offer me? What, what, uh, um, what's different about them to sci-fi conspiracy right, theories? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, in, in, the, in the writing, yeah. Incredible yeah, yeah. vocal technique. Yeah, um, yeah. You would yeah. love the subjects of the songs and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the just the songwriting, the technical capabilities of what they can actually do is just absolutely yeah. stupid. You know totally. when some bands just like pass you by, and then when mm. you actually discover them, you're like, oh wow, yeah, I'm a bit like that with Muse. Maybe I need to sit down and have a night getting into it. <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah. I made a playlist for my friend a little while ago. I can send it over to what, you like if you want. like an introductory yeah, sort of? Yeah, I was okay. like, this is stuff I think that you'll like. Yeah, and absolutely. she was just like, yeah, they're fucking great, aren't they? Like, yes, well done. <laughs> so have you been gigging plenty then? Have I been gigging plenty? Um, I've seen you've been doing busking more. A bit. I was doing a lot of busking in June. Yeah. And then it started raining and has not stopped. Right, okay. So, yeah, yeah all of June I was busking and I was just like trying to, um, trying to time it so I could go out like 
without getting completely burned to a crisp yeah. in the sun. Um, so yeah, I was going like early evenings and then, yeah, then it just started raining and I'm just like, I can't really take my amp out in the rain. No, no. <laughs> so um, I've done a few gigs, but like, yeah, busking was definitely the main thing. And then like all of June, um, I've kind of spent recording and doing a few things with my band and stuff so like that. So you've taken a bit of a step back from gigging to, to do yeah. reco- commit to the recording. That's and it's, cool. It's funny that like, I feel like, um, well, for one thing, my friend said to me um, when I played him my new song, which I'm going to yeah, play absolutely. later on, um, uh, like he was like, your voice has improved so much. Ah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I think it's from busking, you know. Okay. And I think it's because I'm so used to like, like this is the first time I've really sang when I'm not, um, you know, singing against a drum kit. So my instinct is just to belt everything Mm. out because I can. So just to belt everything out. And like, because I don't have good technique with that so much of the time, I'll just blow my voice out and then just be like, for the rest of the the day. But um, what I've realized like from busking is I haven't been able to do that because I'll just turn up. I'll really not have the chance to like warm up and then I'll just, so I'll structure my set so that I'm, um, you know, doing things aren't too challenging at first and then gradually develop like throughout. So I'm warming up myself as I go. And, but I've also learned just like how to sing in a more fragile kind of way Mm. and not quite so, um, you're not competing. Like you say, I I always find that as soon as you start competing with something, even if it's just like a busy room or something, Mm. I'm a nightmare for that, like pushing and you can't, you can't come back from it. Like I'm always like push, 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 push. And some people are just able to just go, all right, okay, well I'm being able to be heard out from, so I'll just relax. I can't do that. Like you say, Mm. if there's anything that's just slightly getting in the way of my voice, I'm pushing it like mad. I think that's why we switched to in ears recently, isn't it? Because it's just like, it is weird that transition where you you can all of a sudden hear the crowd, you can hear any heckle. And then all of a sudden you actually that that all kind of goes with it and that's probably why a lot of people then try them and they go no I, I can't stand it yeah. that's okay that's interesting because I have tried I think it was have I done, I've done one gig with them and they ended up just having like one yeah. in and one out just because I hadn't like I haven't figured them out properly yet I'm very bad with tech stuff yeah. and also I don't know like no one else there really knew how to use them and so I was like oh this is great for violin I can totally, because it's a bad mm. gig, I can totally hear myself. But also, uh, I was like, oh shit, I've got harmonies to sing on this, <laughs> which isn't great when you can only just about hear yeah. them. So um, I know there's a way to like, you know, get a full mix in it. So it's not mm. just the violin, but it's all I was me, hearing was yeah, the violin. It's taken me about a year to get it right. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it's like, I, I had it one ear, one, one out, but it's like, you start pushing the the volume because it's only mm. one ear and I was coming out of some gigs with a bit of a ringing and stuff and I was like I'm gonna have to start yeah. doing something a bit different here so uh, yeah but it's it's a journey and it we're on that journey yeah at the moment, so, uh, mm. it is so weird to the, the transition and like you I mean we my band were doing a gig the other week and or my uh, our other guitarist always his mix always sounded really dry mm. I put the in ears in for the first time with the band the other week and I was like has he always had that much reverb on his guitar? I've like, never heard it. So it's oh, like, really? It's the weirdest thing. I'm like, literally, in the gig playing guitar, he's like going, wow, what? Does he really sound like that? So that's how it sounded out front, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it you just weren't getting it on stage. Like that, but on stage, huh. I just 
because he's obviously mal, he's obviously the other side of the stage to yeah. me, so I can hear everything he's playing, but with no reverb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got his reverb oh, halfway up on his amp. Weird. It's <laughs> so strange. Tell you what's weird as well. I, I use them in stereo at the minute, so you can mm. pan the instruments in your ears. So huh. say like there's a drummer to my right. Mm. I can pan all the instruments to the right. It's so weird because it's like it's like he's there, but it's obviously just in your ears. But so because you've got pan... everyone on one side and you on it, the other yeah, side. Yeah, say like Lee's at the left of me. I'll pan him to the left in my ears, so yeah. I can only predominantly hear him out the left. Me in the centre. Then <laughs> it's weird. Like the, the way I describe oh that. Have you ever watched the, um, a movie where like there's a helicopter flowing by? Yeah. And it comes from that side and goes there, and you end up going like, "Whoa!" The first time. That's interesting. Okay, that's giving me hope then, because I haven't used them for yeah. a little while. Yeah, I won't tell you how much I spent on these these in ear monitors, but uh, it is a game changer to be fair. So mm. yeah. I went yeah. more. I went far more budget. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you the brand okay. afterwards and all that. <laughs> I can't remember what ones I've got because I bought them secondhand off somebody um, for like. 50 quid or something I know they were worth more than that originally mm. but I'm the hoping or the, yours wireless or are they wired do you have to plug uh, them in or yeah I have to plug it in right wired well. yeah, yeah yeah lead cable yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. what you been up to then Lee um, any highlights from gigs recently or? Um, one we haven't talked about was actually on the beginning of July we played um, Glassfest which uh, with a band and it's um, it's basically a long ridge farm and agricultural show oh. Um but they, have a, they decided one year to put a tent up. It was like a big marquee tent. It's like 200 people packed under this tent because it was absolutely pissing down raining. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> but like my mate had been building this gig up and I never like it when someone builds a gig no. up because right. generally the rule is if you build it up that much, it's yeah. gonna be awesome, it's gonna be awesome. It's always a disappointment. Yeah, of yeah. course it is. Yeah. So like one of the customers or the local in this bar has got a wedding on and all the customer base is invited so where they'd normally have about 50 regulars mm. not they're all of a sudden not there on that night but everyone in Longridge goes to this event so mate Chris lives in Longridge he's like meeting everyone he knows they're all half cut they've been out all day so you're just hoping everyone's gonna stay yeah yeah we'll come see you yeah. <laughs> got on stage no word of a lie there's people on each other's shoulders it was like being at a mini Glastonbury. Lovely. It was class. So yeah. I just yeah, the videos looked chaos. To be fair, it was yeah. mental. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, there was a couple of tables by the side, and one of the organisers was absolutely hammered, and she was on one of the tables dancing with this <laughs> film. Uh, you just thought someone's going to break the leg if we're yeah, not careful. Yeah. But for an hour straight through, it was absolutely min. That's brilliant. <laughs> Probably the best gig I've got had. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You Aww. say that, don't you? They, yeah, they come around uh, not very often, but you're like, yeah, that probably was one of the best ones, to be fair. So uh. I had speaking of really good gigs, actually, you've just reminded me of something that I I didn't mention. Um, do you know when you're asked a question and you just can't? Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely, every thought goes out of your head. <laughs> but you've just reminded me. So um, my band and myself as a solo artist, we played at um, not a cult festival, and it is like run by like a group of people we know, and our uh, Matt Hartless, who's our um, you know, singer, songwriter, yeah, front guitarist, frontman. There you go. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he uh, he's like one of the people who books the bands and everything and does stage managing. So you know, we had an in, um, but it's been growing. It's been going for like five years, and it's been growing and growing and growing. And now it's like um, it's at the point where like there's so many people there that I don't know. Mm. And um, a bunch of my friends came because we'd like booked their band, um, and they were like. Uh, they'd never been before and they were just like this is the best thing ever 
because it's very kind of conceptual because it's called Not a Cult Festival, which is, by the way, I think they stole from my friend, but that's a whole <laughs> other, that's a whole other story. Yeah, oh, they won't accept it, but like <laughs> they definitely stole it from my friend Sophie. But anyway, um, so like because of that, like you could, you're welcome to like form your own cult. There are two like cults. There's the Church of Connection, which is like more dance musicy, techy people, and there's the Children of Gaia, who are, like the hippies. Mm. And um, those are kind of like the ones that it started with. But everyone's welcome to bring their own, own cults to the okay. um, to the festival. And there's lots of kind of um, like games and events around uh, that. You're saying cults, aren't you? As in. C-U-L-T Yeah, cults yeah. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. did you think I was saying? <laughs> <laughs> At the start I thought cults And I was it's like Oh, you mean cults Don't you, Zim? Don't be a cult When I think of cults I just think of like, sac- like sacri- What do you think? Like sacrificing stuff yeah. I mean, I you, that, you mean. that could be but a yeah, part of it It's basically just niche like, The Illuminati Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could definitely be a part of it if No, you'd that like. sounds good was it, um, um, was it well attended then The festival? So, yeah, this is what I was going to say So Feel free to cut out these drug references. Oh, you're all right, yeah. Yeah, cool. No, okay. No. Well, what, you, do you want us to cut them out? Or? I don't give a shit. Oh, I haven't, really, <laughs> no, 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 we're fine. I haven't got a job, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're self employed, all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have got a job, sort of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't feel like a job. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, so when we played our, our like, band set we played on the Friday night which I think is the perfect time to play we were like second headliners because I think yeah. our friends who organised it were just like can they handle a headline slot we're not sure we're going to put someone else on mm. um, after them and like I feel really sorry for those guys not to be really smug but we like fucking smashed it <laughs> it was so good we had our first ever mosh pit because we're like folk punk so mosh yeah. pits don't really happen that much and we were very happy to see it um, I've watched some of the videos back and they're brilliant um, so yeah, Friday night best time to play because then you can just get it all out of the way. You don't, and you don't have to be sober after yeah, that. Yeah. You can just like let's have it yeah. straight after you come off stage. Um, so that's what I did. Um, <laughs> but on the Saturday, no, the Sunday morning, I had a um, solo gig. Not Sunday morning. So so like half twelve at a festival. That's the fucking morning. Isn't Still it? early though, isn't it? That? It's really early. Yeah. yeah, I was like second on, but yeah. that's fine because I, you know, there was more experienced acoustic acts on after me um but i was just so worried because i'd just been up for like a long time on acid <laughs> i've just been like tripping balls for the entire yeah well you don't get a calm down with it but you do feel unusual yeah, yeah. <laughs> um rock so, and roll yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> it is actually i'm so cool <laughs> but the thing was that like i had like two hours sleep and then i woke up and i was just like can I remember how to play guitar? Oh, God. <laughs> I was so worried. And I was just sitting in my tent for ages. Just And also, like, my voice had gone a bit because mm. I'd been, like, just, you know, oh, I hate that dancing. Feeling, yeah. And, yeah, just... Wait, it's touch and go wherever you're going to get through. Yeah. Like, oh. So I spent a good few hours, like, trying to warm up my voice and, like, just... Like, I played through my set in my tent and I was like, cool, I can still remember how to play guitar. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, my voice kind of came back to me. I had a few cups of tea. And I was like, okay, fine. So then I went on and did my set and, like... I don't know if you guys have got much experience with hallucinogenics, but I definitely felt like... No comment. <laughs> oh, so I... So you're not admitting... You're not coming You may not me. be alone here. <laughs> My parents watch this podcast. Oh. You've just Sorry. given it away, mate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry about this. But, um, yeah, I... Um, so I felt like when I was playing the songs... They just seemed to be going on for such a long time. 
Slow it down. <laughs> yeah, I was literally just like, have I added another verse? Am oh, I singing this really slowly? What is this? Like, I don't understand. Anyway, just, and just putting those thoughts, parking those thoughts and just carrying on. And the really funny thing was, afterwards, several of my friends ran up to me and said, oh my God, that's the best I've ever seen you play. <laughs> <laughs> just freeze yeah. about. I knew that was coming really yeah. <laughs> I was like, amazing. Well, that's... Just gives me an excuse to do it. Not just stand time, up. What, what on earth is she doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously that's the part yeah. I was worried about. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I gonna... Put your guitar down and you just sway it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's no footage or anything, so it could have been that, well, and they were just very supportive. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was the best weekend I've had in a really long time. It was wicked. so good. Yeah. So I, I love I love it when you're you know like you say before what do you call it before the headline act like um, yeah pre, I think it is pre main event head support or main yeah. support main support yeah that makes sense and you get to, yeah. if you've had a good one you come off and you're watching the the uh, the headline and, and then people are like, oh you're not they're not as good as you and you're like you're a bit like yeah. we don't you get a just, lot of that yeah yeah, so like, yeah tell the organisers <laughs> yeah yeah well that's what we were like saying we were just like well maybe next year they'll have headline yeah, maybe next yeah. year because like we've had this thing with them for years of just like the being given slots that aren't really that good and um or not as good as we would like and this is totally an ego thing but um oh it is isn't it you're always yeah. back your ego every day really I always yeah think, anyway. i just i just let it let yeah, it go yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah so we've kind of complained a few times and we ended up like getting this really good slot this year and, and i feel like we proved ourselves mm. so hopefully next like if we play next year or next time we play have you ever um, been headline and then the one before you has has um, smashed it, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> and you're about to go on. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that? No. Yeah, we actually had it the yeah. other week. Jacob right. Did Reddy, Jacob okay, Reddy yeah. went on, and Jacob Reddy's like done quite well. He's actually written a song, um, and Blackburn Rovers has used it. Right. Okay. Oh. So it's called uh, "Under the Lights," and he's a massive Blackburn fan anyway. But he went on. He absolutely nailed his set. He had people singing along to his own song yeah, as yeah. well. I just thought. Right, Fuck. we just have to take it that he's warmed up the crowd here because he's really got them going. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, yeah. they were so smashed. We were playing a load of popular covers anyway, so it was just... That's good. Yeah. It yeah, was easy. That's, that's it. I never really... I think I've never really felt like that because I always just kind of... We'll just get the band just be like, like team talk. Like, mm. right, we have to really fucking smash this. <laughs> and like... Um, I can't think of a time when I don't feel like we that's have. That's good then, that's a positive. But maybe that's my delusion. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, I don't know. I always just feel like we do really well. There was, <laughs> there was one with uh, my originals band who at the time we were called Lost in Echoes and now called Before the Impact, but with our old the drummer. The Impact? Before the Impact. Before the Impact. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we'd gone on, like, there's been these two punk bands on before us. They were really good. And then we went on and it was like a drummer had just decided that everything we did in rehearsal just wasn't going to happen. Mm. Um, there was a miscommunication before our singer had misunderstood something I'd said. I was just reminding her about the way we'd rehearsed. And she took it like I was talking about something else. <laughs> okay. Um, this is so, also vague. Yeah, but... <laughs> so she basically, it was like we were we decided to chuck in a cover of Nirvana, Come As You Are. Mm. I was like, remember to only harmonise on the second verse. Oh, yeah. Okay. And not do it on the first one. She's like, well, that's not the way we rehearsed it. I was like, no, I'm just reminding you the way we rehearsed it. And she took it as don't sing in the second verse. Oh, no. So <laughs> we got to the second verse and she's looking at me to sing. I'm like, you're meant to be singing as well. 
Yeah. It's oh, like, no. oh. Yeah, I've had a lot of moments but, like yeah, that. Yeah, the drummer had just decided to play about four songs completely differently to how we'd done it. So we were the headline oh, act and it just went horrible. <laughs> how, why, why did the drummer decide to do that? Oh, he was just of a all maverick. People, he was a maverick. A... <laughs> um, complete maverick. Um, just went really free jazz. He was always one of these that's, oh, it'll be fine. And just tried fills that he hadn't mm. had the t- chance to practice in the middle of a gig, throw us all out of time. That never works, that does it? No. It's like, and you have to be really Not good drummers. to chuck in a fill like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can trust the drummer to do it, like the drummer we've got now, I trust him in my life. Yeah, you just, yeah. He'd get on with it. But, no. Nah. Yeah. We, yeah. We definitely have had that sometimes. I don't think it's ever happened in. Um, at gigs, though, I think it's happened in practice where our drummer's just gone a bit feel, feel happy, <laughs> we'll say, yeah. and, uh, and we've just been like, maybe, maybe do that less in this verse because this, like, you know, we've got like a bass solo going on. So if you're also solo, we will just look, run out of time, like, come out of time or whatever. But yeah, luckily, I don't think I was ever done that in a gig. I can't imagine anyone who should do that less than a drummer, you yeah. know? It's just like we're Definitely. all relying on you. I've gone to try something that I've not. Done in pro- maybe a vocal ad lib or like something slightly different on guitar, and I've gone, oh no, nope, better not do that. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, oh oh yeah, I've done that loads of times. Let's do that next week in practice. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes you do it, it does come off, but you have to be so confident with the song mm-hmm. yeah, to know you're yeah. going to find your way back into yeah. it if you do go out of time. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, totally. It's easier to get away with that solo because you can literally yeah. just make it look yeah. like it was intentional. Definitely, yeah. and there's some but, tricks I think when you're playing a lead instrument, like if you're doing, you know you know, improvising like a solo or a fill. It's just like, well, you just got to make sure it's a little trick of the trade for anyone <laughs> who needs to know this. You, you can sit, let me know if you agree with me on this. Oh, it's not if recording, you... Shelley. Joking. But yeah, when you're, when you're like soloing, when you like get to the end of a phrase, make sure you resolve it on the tonic, like on the, you know, the, the note that the, oh, the see, key. I'd agree with that, but mm-hmm. I'd either go with the root, the third or the fifth. Sure. Yeah. I just go for a tonic just just because it makes me feel safe. Comfortable. And I know that's gonna. I know absolutely know that's gonna sound fine. But yeah, third or fifth, I'm probably like yeah. That that makes a lot of sense as well. Actually, <laughs> there you go. First, third, or fifth. There oh, you go. Tonic. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've started um, gigging with my granddad. He's a drummer. Brought him That's out of so retirement, cute. so we're going out as a duo. We've got out of a trio as well with Lee. Yeah, and uh, oh. he's just been getting all the praise though. Like, so I just go out on my own usually, and uh, we've been doing gigs, and everyone's been cool. Oh, you're an fa- amazing drummer, and I'm just packing my guitar. Up. Like, yeah. well, it's the only time I've ever seen singers ignored. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like every what? gig I'm doing is being ignored. Yeah, yeah. We, we found it, didn't we, at the uh, the gig we did? Yeah, it was yeah. just like <laughs> but every, like within the first ten minutes of of them playing, he introduced his granddad. And the crowd started going, go on, Grandad. Oh. That was it. Like, is that, that what they it. call him? He stole him? the show. Yeah, He's just called Grandad. That, that's yeah. it. It's his stage name now, oh. Grandad. <laughs> that's so Shout cute. out to Big Al. Yeah. 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 What's his name? Uh, Alan. 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 Yeah. Yeah. My Al. name as well, Big Al. Oh, Big Al and Little Al. probably, yeah, is more... <laughs> more likely. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's it's it's, it's, so it's mad. It's mad life we live though, isn't it? I mean, we had, I had a an upbeat um, gig on Saturday, mm. and then you go and do a christening on the Sunday. <laughs> it was it was a good gig, but um, you've got kids like throwing bloody them plastic balls at you, like and, you know, like. <laughs> 
You know, like it, when you used to go play areas as a kid and you got them sort of, I don't know what they are, like inflatable yeah, no, like things. Bug. Yeah, oh. but you got the, the sort of, you know, you have the shapes and you kind of, they, what are sure. they like? I don't know what material oh. they are. made like foam or something. Yeah, sort of foam kind of thing. And they're just mm. flying and I can hear my ear in the monitors, my grandad is going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And there's like this thing <laughs> flying out. Nowhere, like smashing into his drum kit and stuff. So uh, you get everything, don't you? As a, as a oh, that reminds mm. me. I had, a, I had a stripper at my gig on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I just told on. you about stripper. this. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, basically. Dancing to your music or is a separate uh, no, act no 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 <laughs> she was the headliner yeah, I think I think I would have stopped so I wouldn't have been able to compete with it I'll explain that a bit later um, but basically there was a 30th birthday going on as well as a 60th birthday another birthday it was about four birthdays it's the only time I've been clapped for singing happy birthday and remembering all the names um, I thought you were going to say the words this pub was absolutely <laughs> packed Remember yeah. Sorry. Uh, I didn't I didn't hear the stripping. I'm I'm will admit that. No one wants to <laughs> see that to be that. fair. Yeah, <laughs> um but anyway they go, Oh, have they told you what's going on? I was like, No. They go, Oh yeah, they've got a stripper for the thirtieth birthday girl. I was like, Oh brilliant. Like something else I can't compete with. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Just destroy my ego halfway through a gig. Um yeah, anyway, they decided to go outside, which I thought was a bit weird because it was a bit cooler out there. I was wondering if he was gonna go shy. Um, oh, it was a male stripper. <laughs> I assumed it was a female stripper. I don't know why. Yeah, male okay. stripper. It was a 30th birthday for a female. Sure. Lady. <laughs> Thanks. For the layman. Yeah, just, just in case you didn't understand the female bit. Yeah, he comes in. I just see the size of his forearms and thought, well, if there are anything to go on by. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to want to see this, so I just left him to it, to be fair. You got his uh, number? Or? <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't want to know him. I didn't want to come to any of his shows. Fuck you. Shut Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> no. I always find that, like, like, our job's tough to get up. I reckon comedian is, like, probably one of the hardest. Yeah. Stripper as well. I actually yeah. sort of know a stripper. That mm. sounds weird, but not through that, obviously, just as a friend. But uh, that must be a tough gig as yeah. well. Like, imagine if that's yeah. not really going... Like, let's imagine no one's really interested or, like... No one's that reacting. A, yeah, that must be like a that. tough gig, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, was, all, all yeah that must be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so crushing. Yeah, you think sometimes this this is tough what we do, but uh, imagine turning yeah. up to a, the wrong gig, like, you know, you've been oh. booked as a joke or something, and it's just, mm. that must the be The lad starts sweating <laughs> you, because it's yeah. a male stag doing yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely not gay, so he's going to sweat yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, we'll call it there for a quick break, because uh, we're, we're nearly at the half. Do you remember this from last time? Yeah, yeah, we've got half an hour, uh, and then we'll get into oh, yeah. our main topic for today which is uh, obviously talking about songwriting cool. so uh, we'll see you in a minute cheers hello it's me preston's biggest dick and i'm not talking about my attitude problem help i need somebody well tony at timpan alley guitars helps he's very good for your services setups part replacement and much much more i've had many of my guitars fixed by tony just from his house in his little workshop and he does a fantastic job so to find out more about it go on to tony's facebook page tony helps or type in tin pan alley guitars on facebook and you will see the range of guitars that tony has fixed and also put together himself he also does charity auctions to raffle off guitars that he has fixed up all for good causes so Without further ado, go and check him out. Back to the episode. Hi. Hiya. Hiya. Hiya, love. Hiya, love. Hiya, you're all right. 
my friend did that as a sound check at a gig. I was like, I love you. Right. My mate, so my funny. mate just shouts big dick at the top of his voice. No, it does not. <laughs> he does. Very immature. You get that when, when you go one, two, and there's always something that goes three, four. Yeah. Oh, always. <laughs> three, four. It's like, well, well mm. done. Right, welcome back to the One More Songcast. We're into part two, and we're, we're um, going to discuss our topic for today, which is songwriting. So we've got two experienced songwriters today, maybe one slightly less experienced songwriter, but we're, we're going to go through all the sort of various parts of the episode. So we're going to start with generating ideas and how those ideas have come to you. There's obviously many strange ways that that's happened. You hear the famous ones in, in dreams and whatever else. Mm. Um, we'll start off with you, Shelley. Is there any... Is there any ideas that have come to you in really weird situations or unnatural settings um i'm trying to think i've definitely i mean i think i talked about this last time but like my last single before this one um that was um like the chorus just kind of came to me and i was just like i've got to have robbed this from somewhere <laughs> must have um, and then I was just like, I'll write it anyway. I'll write, I'll, I'll put it all together anyway. And then I'll just, when it comes clear to me what I've stole it from, I'll just, just abort the song. Yeah. And it never, never happened. It was, it's so strange when that happens, when it's just like, it just comes out of nowhere, completely just like, that's, that's where the idea from, of the muses in Greek mythology comes mm. from, I guess, isn't it? Because like these ideas just happen mm. in your brain. It's like, how? Like my new single, North, actually, like that also completely just kind of flowed out of me um, when I was just, yeah, like I, I was saying to Luke during the break um, that, like, it was kind of an amalgamation of living in London and hating it and, like, missing living in the North. And then also uh, the seventh season of Game of Thrones being on TV and, like, the mm. Starks coming back to Winterfell. So it was, like, an amalgamation of those two ideas. And, like, from that, just the song just just came out of me. Well, it was a poem at first, actually, because I wasn't really writing songs at the time. But I just wrote the words and I was like, I'll use this for something one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know about, like, unusual things, unusual settings. I've, unfortunately, I'm yet to have a dream where I wake up and I've got a fully oh. formed song. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'd hope, love that. I'd love that yeah. because I don't know about you, but I tend to have really weird dreams when I get into deep sleep. <laughs> So Sometimes. I would love to know what song's going to come out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd 100% release it immediately with no promotion, just like yeah. chance it. Guys, because... you've got to listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, get on Spotify now. <laughs> now, the weirdest one I've heard, I don't know if you've heard, had any famous ones where you've heard like yeah, yeah. band songs. So there's, uh, there's three that come to mind. So Ruben Killing actually... Moon. No. Okay, no. You, you go... You see Ruben, uh, Ruben wrote one. I can't think of what it was called. But it really, it, they're a grunge band. Um, okay. And they had one where they wrote it about an album, like another band's album. They wrote I've a song two, about an album? Yeah, okay. I've heard two uh, scenarios of that. Frank Turner actually wrote one about quitting smoking. Wait, which one? Which song? Uh, oh, oh, Christ, now you're asking. I'd have to go, we'd have to go through the back catalogue. But the weirdest one I've heard I'm is down. Tool, <laughs> Tool wrote a complete album, and it was either. Oh. Uh, the Grudge or uh, Schism, something like that, Schism. where they literally decided all the riffs off playing cards. They decided, they rolled dice to decide which rhythm and time signature they were going to be in. <laughs> um, That's fucking cool. Oh, oh my God. Mate, it was like the weirdest board game you've ever that. seen. But they, 
in this, there's, there's a song called The Grudge, and they actually, the guitarist, the bassist, and the drummer swap their themes. It literally okay, rotates yeah. around for nine minutes. It's absolutely unbelievable That's stuff. That's cool. Did I really get good like... results from it then? Oh, it's the, yeah. their best album by right, far. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's the album called? Um, I think it's Lateralis, actually. Lateralis. Okay. The first track on it's The Grudge. Okay. And it's just a riff that literally goes. It's two notes. Okay. But it's unbelievable. I feel like I'm ready for Tool now. I feel like I've never really got it. And now I feel like my appreciation for music, I think probably because I'm writing more music and I've also just like, maybe I've got more people. Turn your phone off. The way I was told to introduce myself to Till mm. was listen to Enema first because okay. it's a bit more singles. Yeah, more um, accessible. Although they do have a track where there's a, someone reading the recipe for hash cakes in German. Okay. <laughs> So if you ever I mean, want to learn not? a bit of German <laughs> and oh, you want to make cash cakes at the same time. I, I could speak a bit of German. That was like immediately tickled my interest because I was like, <laughs> I'll be able to test my vocabulary. Um, yeah, that, that is a band that I, I think I would appreciate now, mm. having never really, um, never really got them just because I've always been into more like big epic Melody yes. stuff mm. of whatever genre that is. That is also always been my thing, and I think now because I know a bit more music theory and everything, I think I appreciate that kind of thing yeah, a lot more. So I think it's quite dark. I don't. Mm. I don't listen to them. If I'm going to listen to a tool, I listen to the full album. I don't. I don't go. You can't just, you can't just stick a song of theirs yeah. in a playlist. Mm. You have to listen like to the whole thing. Kind of thing. Okay. But, so so do you do you think it's more songwriting I mean obviously it's different for everybody but you think it's more a spiritual thing an idea comes to you rather than actually sitting down at a table and going right today I'm going to write a song about this it doesn't tend to go well when you do that does it or as well, well yeah I mean I definitely I've got one song that I've had a lot of compliments about I never play it live just because it's got a lot of sections it's called Hiraya Hiraya yeah, Hira? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how to pronounce it. I feel like well, every time I say then. it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, I think every time I say it on the song, it's a bit different. Um, but maybe that's it, because it's a Welsh word, meaning like homesickness, but also it can mean like longing for something that never really, like a place that never really existed, which I think is a really beautiful concept, because yeah. it's like, I understand that, even though even though it's very abstract and, and strange. Um, but that song, I actually wrote that when I was like, I was just, I mean, for one thing, I was like, I want to write a song about my, you know, grief because I was, you know, I'd kind of been messed around by this guy, said he was going to leave his girlfriend for me, decided not to, and uh, there was a lot of toing and froing, so it was a difficult situation, you know, so that's what my whole first uh, EP, Feral Heart, is about, and this song, I kind of, I wanted to write one that was a bit more, using the music theory stuff that I'd learned quite recently, and also, um, that really expressed a lot of grief. And that's why there's this kind of like, at the beginning, there's this kind of like howling, like, um, what do you even call it? Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to sound like kind of like a Nordic chanty yeah, kind totally of thing. Yeah, I get what you mean. But yeah. I can't think of like what you would define it as, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the word is for that. Yeah. But it's just like a, yeah wordless kind of 
cowling it's kind of cry. just expression, isn't it, of something. That's it. It was meant to just be like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> basically. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like melodic. <laughs> yeah. Do a Pat Matheny and just start screaming, like play a really nice jazz piano bit and then go, ah! <laughs> and carry on. <laughs> yeah, definitely was a little bit It's that. almost like yeah. vocal solos, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, you know, it's, uh, I'm trying yeah. to do a lot more of that in my, mm. in my music, but yeah. that was kind of the start point of it and I I also remember I mean I can't remember how to play this song now because I've never played it live I just recorded it a year ago and fuck knows how it goes but (laughs) there's um I'd recently and this is this is so bad this is how poor my music theory is um I'd only recently learned about like chord progressions so like um you know like the the seven chords that you will have yeah yeah in a key yeah and um and I'd learned about how, like, you know, the traditional thing is, like, you use one, four, five, and six mm, yeah. in a song, in, like, a pop song. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and, like, subvert that and use some of the more unusual mm. ones. And in weird places, like, the seventh is, like, the second quarter, things like that. Mm. Um, and I also wanted to have a little bit of, like, a... Yeah, I just wanted it to have a lot of, like, sections, and I wanted it to be long. So I did, I did kind of approach it really methodically. It just wasn't as instinctive as, like all my other stuff was at all and it was just because I was like I really want to I really want to do something different and I want to push myself yeah yeah um so that's probably the only time I've really done that but I have since kind of been like oh I can do that though and it can yield quite good results so I'm gonna like trust rather than waiting for the idea to come to me I suppose which is what you do when when you have those moments those like mute (laughs) muse muse moments and people are going to think I'm talking about Matt Bellamy because I was such a Matt Bellamy stan but I'm not I mean the muses um those moments where I just lightning bolts to the head and you've got the idea in there um yeah like those rather than waiting for those moments to come yeah do you feel just like I was thinking about this this morning actually so I'm trying to I feel like with social media and with all the distractions that we have around us now it's more than ever Mm -hmm. so do you feel like that limits your ability to find the songs because I was thinking this the other day like um, I want to just I, I'm trying to sit down with music more and just listen to records that I like oh God, yeah. and stuff because I just feel like you know you, you'll get home from a gig you'll watch some telly you'll be your mind will be flooded with just nonsense like yeah. you're scrolling through your phone and those ideas don't come to you as much I don't find do you find Definitely. that as well the more time you spend on idle stuff just because yeah. it's there like well, on social media basically absolutely it limits your ability to come up with these ideas I think absolutely. your mind isn't ready for it almost I think so when I was younger I remember I I was a very prolific songwriter when I was much younger and I just never really did anything with it just out of confidence but Mm. I still or lack of confidence but I still got all of that stuff now and I'm trying to use it and a lot of that was written when I was like literally walking home from college Mm. because it was like I didn't I didn't have like a anything to play music on. I didn't have a smartphone because I don't think they existed then. Um, maybe they did. I don't know. Um, I think they were just, they were probably just starting when I was in yeah. college, to be yeah. fair. So like, just like walking for like about an hour from college because I was just too cheap to like spend money on like, like two pounds on the bus from college yeah. to the station. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's only an hour's walk. I wrote so much mm. in that time and I would just memorize it because I'd be like I can't write this down right now because I don't have anything to like write on or I don't want to stop in the rain so I'm just going to like repeat it to myself over and over and over again and I'm like using some of that stuff mm. now it was written so long ago but, but if you're using college now 
in the you had an hour's walk you'd just be scrolling on tiktok all the way home. i would be listening to a podcast yeah, yeah. or like music on yeah. I, that's what i miss about like childhood and stuff is like you had so much idle time to just mm. just yeah. be in your own head but in a positive way yeah i feel like that's that's becoming harder and harder to do. Now. I think I get that inspiration in stages. Mm-hmm. So like the odd time, I'll have to just go and buy a newspaper, not to not to find out what's going on. No, definitely not the sun. Uh, good. <laughs> Shit houses. <laughs> Shit houses. I've got no problem saying that. Are you a Liverpool fan? Yeah. Not touching that fucking scum paper. Anyway. Justice for the 96. Daily Mail. <laughs> 97 now, not even 97. Is it 97 yeah, now? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought well, he was already included, the kid who died afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a few years ago that it went to 97 because I think one of, oh, one of the survivors went, so they count it as a 97 now. But I, anyway, yes. we digress. <laughs> um, no, Join I've just gone by a newspaper now to just see what's, see if there's anything worth writing about. Okay. Like, and which point I can attack it from? Do I attack it from a media standpoint? Do I mm-hmm. do I attack it from like put myself into that person's shoes? Because I used to do a lot of that when mm. I was younger. So I think there was one time a Japanese, uh, there was a tsunami in Japan, mm. and I wanted to put myself in the shoes of a survivor who's just lost their home due to uh, like yeah. it literally getting blown away, and it was just to literally submit a piece of college work. Huh. We were doing a composition task and it was like we had to use certain techniques and it was a way to use it. So if I had That's a cool. subject, I could work out how I was going to use the instruments. Mm. And it was, yeah, I used to do stuff like that, but I find my tunes a little bit more simplistic now. So I'm listening to a lot of all the bands for inspiration and then you just end up like a lot, of the time, a lot of the time the song has to come to you fully formed. Otherwise mm. it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't happen because as soon as you try to force a situation when you're writing a simple song, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing I find ha- helpful um, is just going like, like if I, if I've got like half an idea, and like I know, I mean, this is this is for melody specifically. Actually, I think yeah. um, if I've got like half an idea and I need to, like, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere with it. I will just. Either go on like a bike ride, just with no music on, mm. or like one time I just kind of got in the shower because I needed a shower anyway. <laughs> just like oh, I'll deal with this. Later. <laughs> yeah. um, but also like um, just meditating, things like that. Just when you're in silence, mm. Mm. or doing something repetitive or whatever. But like yeah, just in silence. Like that's it's it's the silence that you need, yeah. I think, to just let your brain Definitely. operate. And sometimes because I live on my own, so sometimes I'll just like just sing ideas until I hit on something good. Yeah. And I'll be like, quick, record this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing as well. When you're generating these ideas, it does depend on what style of music you're playing yeah. a lot of the time. Because yes, all of us can get a guitar out or get a piano about like just improvise around chords. But mm-hmm. if you're playing prog metal, tech metal, something's got to be methodically worked out. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's not just first chorus, first chorus. Mm. You have to then plan the sections out. You could have first, first breakdown. Then there could be a chorus. There might be no chorus. You might do a song that says section A, section B, yeah, section yeah, C. Yeah, yeah. So I think there is an element to, to it where it is genre dictated as to whether, how you write a song. Mm. Yes. I totally, oh shit, sorry, I just realised I was supposed to talk into the mic. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're just having a lovely chat. Um, yes, I totally agree with that. And like what we tend to do in my band, I don't know if you do this. <laughs> I thought you were pointing. I thought you were pointing at yourself. Oh. I was just like. Well, fuck you. Am I boring you? Sorry. <laughs> For Spotify listeners, Lee's recording bits on his phone. Yeah, I was so. just trying to do some social media. I did warn you about this before that. <laughs> sorry, Clearly, somebody's I forgotten. Forgot. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you were saying. I don't know what I was saying. Um, yeah, so with, with my band, what we tend to do, I mean, most of the time the songs come from Matt and he brings them like fully formed. But like recently, me and him have been collaborating a little bit more because I'll like come up with like a riff or something. And then we'll just kind of jam it out. And mm. yeah, we kind of add, let end up ag- adding sections and being like, oh yeah, well, this would be cool if we went into like, you know, like 16, 8 mm. at this point and it became like a scar thing. Or if we go into, you know, like make this bit really heavy or yeah. whatever. And then the song kind of builds around it. Um, and it's, it's a slow process just because we're so not used to that. And Matt's, this is all, I've written two songs in the band, the rest of it is all Matt. Matt and yeah. so, and there's like 30 other songs. So he's like, you know, very prolific and he's got his songwriting mindset. But, um, but yeah, like he, I don't know. Yeah, we're trying to kind of like uh, diversify a mm. little bit, I suppose. Do you know what I find really interesting with songwriting as well is the people that can't play instruments but come up with good songs. Like, yeah. it's a really generic example, this, but like obviously Liam Gallagher can't play instrument really can he he but can, he comes he can up play with some a bit good of guitar ideas, but that's it like, probably play some basic chords yeah, yeah. basic chords but it's like i find that quite interesting because i'm not a fantastic guitar player or musician obviously i can play guitar but um most of my ideas just like you say come from like melody in the shower and stuff like that yeah. and then developing that so that's the, it's, it's interesting how you can just get unique ways people have their own unique ways of finding ideas really don't yeah, they sometimes i find that naivety is probably the best the best thing because when so. you don't know what you're doing you come up with something that's far more creative than mm. someone yeah. knows everything about music theory I mean, and obviously there's exceptions to that rule um but you know a john lennon for example would put a d7 in an, a, an e major mm. yeah with no idea that that's that that's, yeah. that's not the conventional yeah, way yeah. that's because, important isn't it yeah yeah because and richard ashcroft's probably another example he's he, he's solid on guitar. Yeah. He's maybe it's not rhythm, the. Isn't he's not the best guitarist you'll ever see. Maybe, but to write a song like that lyrically, he's got it. And I think sometimes your lyrics are so important mm. when you've got something so simplistic. You just let the other musicians play, and they'll probably have just jammed around that mm. idea, mm-hmm. around that one verse idea for ages. And that's why half the songs are written in the studio. Once you get to a certain level, because you know you're just mm. going to go right. I've got no idea what this is, but I've got this chord pattern and I've got no idea how it's going to turn out. So let's just play around it and see what we can yeah. come up with. And then you just chop it up that way. It's crazy how they do it. But. Is that still a thing that happens though? Because like the music industry's changed so much. Yeah. And like, you know, like some of my favorite bands like Manic Street Preachers, like they've, you know, there's a few of their songs that have mostly been written in the studio. And it's just like, can you imagine being mm. in the position where you have the time? You're, you're, you, someone else is paying for you to yeah. just sit in a fucking studio and write just possibly shit. I think you have to be at a certain level to be, do, to be able to afford to do it. Because so it does still happen, do you think? I think it does happen, but you have to have been around for years for it to be yeah. able to... You, you have to have money in the bank to do it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Really, because, you know... An artist, say, who's just on the cusp of doing something, may may have charted a couple of times, mm. probably works quite independently. So the, sh- the record label aren't going to go and pay for them to spend three or four weeks in a studio. Yeah. 
they might or go and pay sometimes it's months isn't it when they're writing in the studio yeah. well i know it's a generic example but like lewis capaldi i was watching his documentary mm. and he was saying that he finds that so overwhelming when the studio is just like right uh, where the um, record labels just like right go and write some songs in the studio and like nothing comes to him that way if that makes sense and like mm -hmm. the stress that that then creates and the more stress that builds probably the more you, you you're struggling to write the song yeah you've got this pressure yeah. have you got anything yet have you what, what let's listen to this imagine you know? that i wouldn't yeah, like that yeah, i don't think i find that and right. especially when he's just like had three number ones on the balance yeah, yeah. and they're expecting the same or better yeah, yeah. like Nah. Do you, know what, do you know what I envy sometimes? You know, like, say, Eric Clapton, for example, where he's just walking down the street and he sees, like, a colour TV window and all that, and he writes a song around really random stuff like that. Yeah. And it becomes a massive hit, and it doesn't really make sense, does it, until he explains it. Like, imagine having that talent where you can just sort of, like, sit there on a day on a park bench and, like, spot random things and start to make Just music everything and, yeah. inspires you. Everything's yeah. just, like, you know falls together it's just, yeah. I suppose so but I think with that I mean like if I'm understanding your point properly yeah. um but like it's just I think you know your brain is very very adaptable mm. and that's the kind of thing it's like it's kind of like a muscle it's like the more you use it yeah. the more you can use it mm. so I think you just start seeing the world in those terms and mm. like if it, probably I would imagine at the time when he did that was a time when he was writing a fuck ton yeah. and mm. was just everything was just that's how his brain was, yeah, was operating yeah, at that, that point makes sense, yeah. i think yeah. i've tried to do that once i mean i was on a train once and i just see this couple arguing so i decided to i had my headphones on i couldn't hear what they were arguing about but you can tell by the body language they're arguing you know when Did you, you see not mute what you were listening to and listen no 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 <laughs> really <laughs> no because in my head i'll go I'll make something up about that. Sure, okay. <laughs> so I had, my own, I had my own agenda. I wasn't interested in them. Okay, <laughs> Just the body language gave it away. It was an argument. No, yeah. I tried to, like, conceptualise, like, what, what the girl was actually thinking. And you, you, like, you see it, you're almost doing it as telling a story from a third-person mm -hmm. point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah. And it just didn't work for me because I hadn't ever practised that. And it was like... I could tell I was massively overcomplicating it halfway through the second verse. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I was like halfway through writing it. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this one. Really? <laughs> I didn't finish it. So I put huh. that on the back burner. Yeah, because I've definitely, I never like abandon songs. Mm. I always just kind of go like, there's bits of this I like that I'll yeah. put into something else at some point. I never like just kind of say, this is shit. I'm never using it. Never using yeah. any of it. So like. Yeah, there's a way, I think. I was always taught from a young age, never write away, never write anything off completely. Yeah, totally. If, you're not, if it's not working, put it to one side mm -hmm. and you'll be able to use it in something else. Definitely. I think that's happened now in the last year, maybe about three times I've finally found something to work. Oh yeah, I've got a song that um, I recently like uh, finished few months ago maybe two months ago and um it's literally all just like homeless lyrics that i had in my i've got a, like a little notebook oh, that has all my lyrics in it and i had the chorus i started writing this chorus ages ago probably like a year ago it was funnily enough like it was about um it started off being about richie edwards you know the manix guitarist and lyricist who disappeared right, yeah yeah it started off being about him but i only had like the chorus and then i was like i don't know what i'm doing with this i'm gonna leave this and then like yeah like a few months ago i was just like what would happen if I just got this like little section of like homeless lyrics and just copied and pasted them all into and kept that as the chorus? Yeah. And like 
I've had so many compliments about right. that song, which is really interesting. I don't think it, the, the compliments are about the lyrics, it's just as opposed to like about the rest of it, like the melody and everything. But um, yeah, it was just a bit of a an experiment. Yeah, I see. It's just I a, see. like a little bit you've of. You've kept a, the core of what you liked, and then you've you've added bits in, almost jigsaw bits together. Yeah, and, kind yeah, of like yeah, um, cool. I know it's like called like cut up poetry or something, but I think that's from like using sentences from magazines or whatever. So this was like, this was like that, but yeah. my own, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my own lyrics. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm in quite a, I feel like a lot more confident these days about my songwriting. I'm able to kind of just try different things. Do you maybe. think there's a mind shift as well? You have to have as a songwriter where you have to start, like we were saying about walking down the street and seeing things and creating. Do you think, you, do you think there has to be a mind shift where you, actively looking for stuff or do you think it's just be aware of it rather than sort of actively going out there and going right what's going on here then right that's you, yeah. you understand what I'm saying I do I mean okay so I don't know really how to write from anyone else's point of view yeah. that's something that like what you were talking about Leah I, just, oh, I, I see. can't but you're writing from a perspective of somebody else yeah, yeah. um so I've been trying to write something recently or I've just been thinking about like um, kind of female rage, right? Which is a thing that is like not allowed, basically. Like women kind of taught to like swallow their anger and you end up kind of um, making excuses for guys who treated you badly, yeah, for yeah. example, and therefore getting into those situations again because you anger is self-preservation, essentially. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that recently, just <laughs> for reasons we won't go into. <laughs> um, but um, so we've been trying to write about that and I've got some ideas for it. I've got the melody. I've got all of the fucking everything. I've got like a really cool riff for violin and viola because it's like a heavy folk rock song. Yeah. I've got everything, but writing the lyrics is so fucking hard, <laughs> which I suppose yeah. speaks to the fact that yeah. I've swallowed this anger and this is the whole point of the yeah. fucking song. It's weird that um, though, isn't it? Because I always feel like if you get, if you get the core of the, the song, like the melody and everything, I always find the lyrics can flow a bit. Like, a bit. It's okay. weird though, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. different, but it's... Um, I think yeah. sometimes just one line inspires it. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I find I get really jealous of? Mm. I've listened to two songs where it's all based around one word. Okay. One of them is Iraq by Flowbots and they wrote it in like 2006. Sure, yeah. So the whole lines, what they did is the first line started with the letter I, the next one started with the letter R, next one A, next one Q, and that was the theme for the whole song. I see, I see. It's genius. And then later on, one of my mates goes, oh, do you ever listen to Ian Brown? I was like, no. He goes, listen to this. And he played me a song by Ian Brown called Fear. And every line, oh God, the fear. Yeah, I know. and it's, it's basically about controlling governments. But what he'll do is go, for each of Rome, for every man of religion, face everybody and rule or fight everybody and rule. Mm. So then we get the uh, yeah. And every line follows, follows that four letter pattern. Mm. And that starts words off. I've, I've yeah. never been able to That's think. That's clever. In that way, is it like I, anagrams is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, it's literally the whole song is an anagram, yeah, and it's yeah. it's absolutely genius the mm. way they do it and seem to make each line relatable. Yeah, well, this is it when you start kind of um, trying new methods, I mm. suppose, for like for writing, and it's yeah, and you kind of go like I don't know, yeah, like like I was saying for me, where I've kind of 
gone from waiting for the idea to come mm. to me from wherever to kind of like actively trying to find actively, it. Yeah. Actively trying to find it. But doing stuff like that is so much more like proactive, I suppose. Mm. Cause it's just like, I've got this structure. It's like, they must, like they must do what Eminem did. Like where he, he's just right, writes a word, finds a word in a dictionary that just starts writing down and he's got a whole list of words that rhyme with each other. Right, yeah. So then he'll just freestyle over it and pick a couple out. Oh, that's a good idea. It's nuts. Um, mm. But the, going back to that observational one where the guy's walking down the street, <clears throat> Kelly Jones from Mysteriophonics oh, yeah. actually wrote a song called Traffic. And it's literally his observation for three minutes. Yeah. Just talking about being stuck in traffic. So his opening <laughs> line is, we all face the same way, still it takes all day. Mm. And then just just starts describing the things mm. around him. All their songs are, well, I, I remember like their first album, there's like Local Boy in the Photograph mm. and Thousand Trees. Yeah. And those, and I guess the other, so it was all about stuff happening in their town, yeah. wasn't it? Which is great. I thought I really liked it. It's genius. Mm. It's absolutely genius. And anyone that's just able to just write songs like that who's going to be successful there's mm. no way you can't be successful when you're writing songs like that I'm going to stop you there we're okay. at the end of our time limit oh. <laughs> I was about to ask you a question well keep that question and we'll, uh, we'll continue with it in All the right. next part alright see you in a minute it's me the legend that is I'd just like to take a little bit of time out of the episode to promote a certain music shop that I've had really good experience with so it is Blackstone Music and it's located in Heskin Shopping Village. Chris Bannister there has been really helpful to me. I had trouble a couple of years ago um, buying from a sort of commercial superstore one of my acoustic guitars. Um, so I went to Chris and ended up getting a completely new guitar. Ever since he's helped me with, you know, fixing bits and bats on the guitar and he's just a really helpful, friendly guy. He's always got the time of day for you with music-related questions and stuff like that. So big shout-out to Blackstone Music. As I said, it's in Heskin Shopping Village. Go and have a look at it. It's got, they've got some great stuff there and some great service. Back to the episode. Yeah. <coughs> Welcome back to part three. Are we on now? It's part yep. three, isn't three. it? Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about basically original music, the response you get at gigs, and has that shaped the way that you've maybe tweaked bits of songs and stuff like that. And also um, the production side of things as well. So we were talking off camera about how certain songs have gone from being okay to putting something really silly in or really small that somebody can sing along with, dumbed down almost, and it's become a massive hit. So we were thinking of like Alice, obviously who the fuck is Alice and all that being added on afterwards and it becoming massive. Uh, it's a strange thing, isn't it, music? Because the more intelligent ideas Sometimes aren't, well, they always aren't yeah. always the hits, are they? It's always the little ad lib that someone can sing with, ho hey, or something like that, yeah. and mm -hmm. it becomes massive, isn't it? You know, yeah, Definitely. I think that sometimes it just gives a crowd something to shout at a gig, yeah, it makes them feel included. And mm. there's something, yeah, we all love that, don't we? Like the amount of bands that I've gone to, and there's like a big sing along section, they're like, you now, you're like, yeah, 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 that's. That's great. I love that. We've got a few of those in my band. Have you? Um, so, like, the one that I was thinking of in your when you were just saying, like, you had something silly. Um, so, uh, this is a song I wrote called Keep It Westy, which is a thing that our old bass player used to say. Like, keep it Westy. Don't know what the fuck it means. But uh, it's immortalised now. Um, but it's just like a um, instrumental, like... Um, jig or reel kind of thing and um there's a bit in it where we like 
there's a gang vocal where we all sing the verse. And like that when we were recording it, uh, the producer was just like, I think at the end you need like a hey yeah. to then go in, go back into the full song. Yeah. And that has now evolved into like just random shit. Like one time, um, yeah, our old bass player um, just came up to me like while we were practicing and just went, oh yeah, in my <laughs> ear. So and then I just creased up giggling and couldn't play the rest of the song. And then it's kind of evolved into like bangerang. Cowabunga. <laughs> We're kind of like adding to it, which is really fun. So it's always that, it's, it's sometimes that improvisation in the studio, somebody doing something stupid, but then this is gold. That, it's like gold, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's like, for example, when you see songs and it's the title of the song's called something, but in brackets, sometimes they put the something song because that's yeah. how people remember it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example, um, but it, it's got a title and then it might, for example, Britney Spears, I think it's called something like. But then in, in brackets, it's Hit Me Baby because that's what everybody knows. But it's not oh, called just baby Hit one Me more Baby. Time, isn't it? It's yeah. called Baby One More Time. And it's stuff like that, isn't it? Where... Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think, um, well, there's, there's a feeder song they actually wrote for all the fans. Um, the oh, guitar riff, uh, Just the Day, it's called. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So, like, the riff is like, it's basically a guitar riff and it goes. But I think the producers actually made them sing the riff underneath it. So underneath it, or either side of the riff, you can actually hear the band doing it. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you, every time they play live, everyone's going. Totally. So is that one of the more successful songs of Matt Heartless, the band, where you've got that little little something a bit crowd yeah. friendly is that one of your most popular uh, ones Matt Hartless and Maverick 7 by the way <laughs> check yeah, us out on all socials um, but um, uh, yeah it, we, it's one of our we, we kind of got into the habit of trying to like um, have a really slick route through the set and so like we've got a lot of segues like transitions in, like from song to song because like we got into the habit of just talking too much in between songs and Matt was just tuning between every fucking song it's like no one cares <laughs> it's fine that, yeah, yeah. you're distorted half the time anyway <laughs> it's punk so, yeah well it kind of is as well yeah um, so uh, yeah so now we're just trying to like just just be a slicker operation just because I don't know about you guys but like whenever I see a band do that no. it just, it's just so much cooler no no I, I, I want to get it to the point where yeah. you're transitioning straight into the next song sometimes because mm -hmm. by the time you've changed your capo or you've like say retuned maybe yeah. slightly tweaked something on your desk or something it's like a minute's gone by and everyone's just staring yeah, at you yeah exactly it's like you don't want to lose everyone's attention <laughs> yeah I'm a nightmare stuff. for that me yeah. yeah I like to have a little breather between songs yeah yeah <laughs> but um that's uh, well, yeah. That's that's part of the issue. It's just yeah. like we're just kind of having to build our stamina yeah. up because yeah. it's like no, no breaks. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, that song generally comes in second in the set now, mm. um, just because we transition straight in from like a mid-tempo one into that, and just, everyone goes like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, really fun. But um, uh, yeah, I guess that is that's definitely like a live, um, like, uh, like favorite or like a live kind of like a, a definite now it's like mm. always on our set because everyone just dances to it um but um another one of our songs where we've got like a a gang vocal which is like a it's not even call and response actually it's just a gang vocal um is uh, ballad on my side which is like 
definitely like i always joke ballad that, of like, moss side ballad of moss side oh, cool. yeah, yeah did you say alan no i said like, cool. <laughs> alan of moss side ballad alan. of moss side yeah yeah alan of moss side yeah. <laughs> um well it's about homelessness apparently because matt experienced uh, some, right, yeah. like a brief time of homelessness um but uh yeah i always joke that like the second half of that song is the only reason anyone comes to see us because it's got this like a uh, big gang vocal at the end and we get everyone to sing along and oh, people cool. people love that yeah. It's, yeah, it seems weird, like such a simple thing, but people just are like, like oh, you've got to play Ballad of Moss. Yeah. yeah, we always You need play. that little sprinkle of, of uh, something. Yeah. Magic dust. Magic dust, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny, that. Right, we're going to talk about the response at gigs and how that's maybe shaped your songwriting or the way that you do a song. So I was listening to a podcast. It's actually with James Bay, and that was the question that I beat you on last time, if you remember, in the, uh, in the yeah, quiz. Yeah, I still don't know who that is. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that's why you lost, Shelley. Yep. <laughs> Just not down with the kids. <laughs> and he said basically that he would go and do open mics constantly and with if people weren't quite responding the way that he wanted to in sections of his song, he'd go back and rewrite stuff and then go and do it again. And if it is that ever something that you've changed from gigging, whereas this never works, this bit, or this song never works, people disengage from it, I'm gonna go back and rewrite bits or is that just the finished product is the finished product deal with it sort of thing absolutely fucking not I do not no fuck them I'll do what I want (laughs) and like (laughs) I heard this brilliant thing um, that Stephen Fry said right and it's just I basically want it engraved on my soul because it's so (laughs) important um he said that this <laughs> is one of these fucking showbiz anecdotes. Well, one time I was in the Groucho Club talking to Damien Hurst about <laughs> art, but like that's Stephen Fry's life. We believe him. Um, that definitely happened. And he was like, um, they were talking about what makes an artist, and Damien Hurst was saying like, but anyone. Everyone is an artist. And Stephen Fry was like, I don't agree. I'm a people pleaser. I'm an entertainer. I want people to love me. Yeah. Artists are the people who do whatever the fuck they want. Mm. And that has stayed with me. I'm just yeah. like... Yeah, actually, yeah, that's uh, that, and that's why I just I won't yeah. change things. It's like if I think it's good, these people are just either going to have to not listen to it or get on board, and like those are the two options. I think there's <laughs> an element it? of both. Well, that's the com- that's probably the conflict in the music business as well, isn't it? Because if you want to make it to the quote unquote top or or be chart friendly, you're probably not doing it for yourself, are you? No. You're probably doing it for. True being famous and you've got a whole committee behind you saying like wear this don't say that just completely molding your personality we need this much back we need this much back with this this number of record sales so then that's where i think sometimes like musicians who listen to maybe bands who aren't aren't as well known Mm -hmm. say oh yeah they've sold out yeah Mm. they'll listen to a band yeah they've sold out I think it's it's harder to sell out now because we're in a world where social media has dictated it, where it's got to be authentic now. You almost True. has to be there has to be an mm. element of authenticity. Yeah, or well, people will know, and they're just like, yeah, really, just cringe. I, I th- yeah, I think, I think with the way that works, I think I had it years ago where I was always like no no I, I think the music industry needs to change for me so I'm going to yeah. stick to my guns I'm going to put this weird chord in there I'm going to play that song in that time signature Damn and make straight. it popular <laughs> but you come to a realisation where you sort of listen to the back to that song and think that's your 
fucking totally random. Why have I done that? But that's it doesn't fine. make musical sense. But it's part of your... But we were talking about mm. that earlier, right? And how, like, that naivety and not knowing that you yeah. can't put an E minor chord next to D7 is, like, part of the magic of, like, certain songs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... I've- I think that's good. I think there has to be a way you do it. Like, Biffy Clyro do it really well, and they're so subtle with a lot of the technical mm-hmm. stuff that they actually play. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Let me... This is, this is going to get you some fucking letters. Do you know what I can't stand? This is going to be the title, this. Fucking OK Computer, right? But really? when that came out... Oh, maybe not. Everyone was like... This has changed the world. <laughs> this is fucking incredible. And it's still heralded as one of the best albums. I think it's just too subtle for me. But those are, those, they literally did change music. Yeah. Like, nothing would be the same if that album hadn't come out. And they, I don't even know how many, you know, I know a weird amount about Radiohead considering I don't like them. But like, because um, they get talked about a lot, I suppose. But like, you know, they spent a really long time in the studio just overthinking every single mm. thing and look how it turned out for them yeah. that's how it can go really well yeah, yeah. Um, you know like they just were like kind of arrogant enough mm. to just be like let's uh, let's just do whatever the fuck we it's, want it's right, art, I know it's so know? cliche but it's right place right time as well isn't it if there's yeah. a particular political conflict or something where you can just hone in on that and, and create a bit of a movement almost at mm. the right time yeah I then think, it's like that was probably what that was as well i think so and i think also my suspicion with radiohead is that like they got away with doing so much kind of risky we're potentially torpedoing our career every single album like yeah. that they did was probably because they're all white guys who went to private schools yeah, yeah. so people do think oh, you guys probably know better than us what's good. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to follow your lead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I have a suspicion about that. I can't prove it, obviously. No, no. But it does make me kind of wonder if, like... <laughs> uh, and I say this as a, as a Mannix fan because, like, they, um, like, they've also done some fucking weird albums and got trashed in the press for it. And mm, it's like, yeah. what's the difference, really? It just I, went weird for a bit. I think, like you say, it is, it is about timing because, you know, from the mid-noughties, you had Frank Turner, who came out of this hardcore band. Yeah. And then... Dead went into this folk punk sort of idea and then about three four years later all these folk bands started to get big hits like Mumford and Sons and all that like start to get big hits if he had come out four years later do you think he would have got the same reaction as well I know that him and Marcus Mumford are like on the same scene they're like and Laura Marling and that they were all kind of contemporaries Mm. so I guess I'd never thought about the fact that maybe he was but he also went to Eton so right. there's another thing. Yeah, there's another very middle-class white boy mm. thing where people are just like, let's follow him. He knows what he's talking <laughs> no, but about. You wouldn't believe you know? it from what he writes about no. and what he listens to. I think he, he doesn't like to... Because, you know, when you're on the punk scene and you went to a private school, that's a difficult line to mm. tread. I'd imagine he's got nothing but grief for yeah. it. So he probably doesn't like to talk about it. But, um, but I do agree that he's a trailblazer and he's amazing. I love him. And he's really nice. He's emailed me a couple of times. Right. Not out of the blue I've, I've sent him an email first <laughs> um, and he's, he's a lovely man oh, that's cool so, yeah. well we'll talk about production a little bit as sorry. well sorry <laughs> oh no <laughs> not at all <laughs> sort of still on, on this sort of resistance to, to the music and the conflict yeah. um, that you might have between getting something that somebody likes and something that you like and you being comfortable with that um, production have you ever been to a studio and you, yourself Lee where you, you love the song, you love the structure, and then you go to a studio and someone just tears it apart and goes, well, if you want it played on radio, this is how it's got to be. Um, I've had it a little bit. Have you? Mine was just because I literally was six months into even singing or anything. I'd wrote these 
awful songs. I went and, and <laughs> went to somebody's house who was a songwriter and he basically said that every one of them was shit. And they were shit, I know that now. But That's what I'm saying not- is, that happens in studios as well, doesn't it? And production, especially if you want radio play. Yeah, I think it's, it's not necessarily, from my experience, it wasn't necessarily that. Mm. Um, uh, basically, the producers I go to, Sugar House Music on, on their Instagram or TikTok, Wherever you get your, uh, wherever social you get media. your social media from, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why that made sense in my head. <laughs> it didn't make perfect sense. Um, <laughs> anyway, I went into the studio and we're, like I come up with this song, "Live for the Weekend," and mm, it was yes. in my head. It was a country song. It was like a yeah. country pop rock tune. Sure. And when we went into the studio, it just became an indie rock song. Just because of the sounds we used, I was like, the drum beat, it was like, I was like, I'm just thinking, like, there was only one drum beat I had the idea of that made it into the song. Okay. But everything I'd imagined up to that point was going in, yeah. and it was like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is how it's going to sound. And when it got to the lead guitar, that's when it went to that indie rock sound completely. Mm. Um, so then the only thing I hadn't written was any lead guitar parts for it. I'd had an idea of one, but... I literally started playing at the producers like, no, that's not it. It wasn't, it wasn't that shit. It was, that's not it. It's okay. not, it's not, the, it's not what it needs sort of thing. Um, and they literally cut out half a verse of mine because they were like, yeah, it just needs to move on. So it's like, they know how they've got quite a few tunes where they've ended up on radio and stuff like that. Yeah, working so with big up upcoming bands. So I had that idea of like, right, whatever they say kind of, goes i'll say my point but if they say no cut it out it okay. gets cut i don't know if i could do that so is that not how you approach it do you just go right i'm here i'm paying you the money for the studio time or whoever it is this is how i want to do it so my like i don't have like professional per se studio experience in the same way because like my ap was just my friend um who'd done like uh, recently done a course in music production. I was right, like, do yeah. you want to record my album, uh, my EP? And he was like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Um, and then now my friend Mike Gruber, who is just, oh, I love him so much. He's one of my favourite people on this earth. But he um, he has been producing my stuff since then. And, um, you know, he's got a huge amount of experience producing, but um, it's something that, like, we do for free, like, in the wee hours of, like, Monday mornings. <laughs> and um, he... Uh, we do like collaborate quite a lot. Like, he started playing guitar for me because he's an amazing guitarist, and I just can't be asked really to <laughs> get any better. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so he's been like playing a lot of guitar for me, and um, yeah, I do. I asked him the other day because you know sometimes when someone's like really positive with you, and you're just like, are you just being polite? Because at yeah. this point it's ridiculous. And he was, I was just like, do you actually think these songs are good? Would you tell me if you thought it was shit? And he was like, oh yeah, no, I would. I was like, okay, good. Mm, I was a bit like that with you, Erna, when I first yeah. started writing that tune. I was like, does it sound all right to you, Lee? Is it, is it something you was like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, like you say, you don't believe people sometimes. Yeah. I think the thing is, it's got to have something about it. It doesn't necessarily have to be what I like. When I'm listening to someone else's song, I don't necessarily have to like the style of music, mm-hmm. like the type of song. If it makes musical sense to me, I'm okay with it. Okay. So I can appreciate what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I've Even heard if it's other not bands. Yeah. yeah. It, I've heard other bands do something. It's like, no, I, I don't get what you're intending to do. Can you here. give an example? 
Um, Name and shame. <laughs> no, I honestly can't to be honest because you know things go out your head anyway. Yeah. But like I have heard people Shit, before, and it was like, I, th- I think the only example I've got is someone was doing a cover. And they literally forgot the lyrics to um, Ain't No Sunshine, which is one of the easiest I know, ones. I know, I know, I know, and it's that. <laughs> and he just started know, oh going no, into... I forgot. <laughs> Honestly, he started going into this random rockabilly jingle that was really upbeat, and then going back into... Wonder this time where she's gone. I'm yeah, like, it's just like, what are you so doing? Are you happy about it? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what? At what point was that going to work? Yeah, yeah. Like, if he had gone into like around like building something around the A minor chord off that, and yeah. it was quite slow and and sad. Yeah, yeah, it would have worked. But to go into why are you doing that? That's such like a kind of beautifully melancholic song. It's just like, why would you? Think yeah. you could improve it with some rockabilly <laughs> yeah, nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think as long as I can understand something, I may not necessarily like it. Mm-hmm. That would be the way I would react as a producer. Yeah, I, I get think that. You'd have to react to what the person's doing and think, right, how can I get the best out of this? And that's obviously what the producer's job is. Yeah, yeah. No, I would definitely like to actually try working with someone that's that I don't have a previous mm. relationship mm. with and just see how that. How that goes. The cliche like, in music is always, in songwriting, you always hear is don't be so, to, too precious over your music, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Especially when, but like you say, you, you would struggle, do you think, with someone dissecting your song and going, nah, that bit's not right, you know? And because and, then it, it is, you lose control, don't you? It's a fine line, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely happy to take on constructive criticism. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, in terms of the structure being changed, or something, like, I absolutely, I don't think I could handle that yeah. at all. I think, like, I agree, not being too precious, I think it's important not to be too precious about your art generally, whether you're a painter or a songwriter or whatever you are. Um, it's really important to just be like, yep, that's done, on to the next one. Because, yeah. do you know what I mean? So that's, that's what I would mean In terms that. of spending too much time on it. Yeah, like yeah. Not, over, not rewriting things and things yeah. like that. I think just, like know when something's finished or accept when something's yeah. finished and move on but um i do think that yeah i can't imagine being okay with the structure of any of my songs being altered by yeah. someone i think i would just be like no this you know because like I, I spend a long time over i suppose because like maybe it's because my stuff is a lot more like vocal like melody driven yeah i don't i don't know like how that would compare to your stuff because you're, you're pretty melodic aren't you yeah you know, yeah I, I tend to do things like i've always been a guitarist that prefers rather than someone just shredding it playing at 160 notes an hour uh, a second an hour. Mm-hmm. an hour christ that's a long song <laughs> sludge and prog and all mixed all into one. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no 160 notes per second like yeah, yeah. i've I'd rather someone like a John Mayer or there's a YouTube guitarist called Chris Buck who literally makes his guitar sound like a vocal. It's, mm. it's like that connects with me miles better than someone that can literally play everything really fast. Sure. Oh, yeah. So I've always been someone, even when I'm playing, even when I was listening to metal music, I always preferred the melodic ideas me to be really good mm. as opposed to like the screaming section. Again, if that was rhythmically really good, then yeah. I could I could I could get on board with the screaming. But 
if I found that it was a full song of screaming and it was just like blast beats and really thrashy, mm. I'd, I'd lose interest. Yeah, Because it's yeah. like, well, no, you're now just in a race. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a lot of emphasis put on speed when you're a lead instrumentalist. Like, it's with violin as well. It's mm. the same thing. And there's some, like, people... You just made me think of this as completely off topic. Yeah. But, like, do you, know, do you guys know Paganini? He was, like very very famous composer and violinist okay. and he yeah. was like considered like he sold his soul to the devil he sounded like a football yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, but that, yeah people thought he like sold his soul to the devil because he was so good and we don't know if that's true because there was no recording devices mm, back then no. um, but like the fact that he um, like when you listen to some of his stuff that he's written it, it's you know very much the thing that violinists learn to show their um, virtuosity but uh, like to this day but it's like it's not fucking musical, most of it. There's a few bits here and there, with, like phrases and stuff, which sound amazing. I think that's him. <laughs> yeah, it is. But then it just goes mental. <laughs> and the point is to show how good you are at playing violin rather than yeah. to create music. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, like, again, you know, that is, that is art from my, own, mm. my own description off, yeah. from earlier. And I completely appreciate that. But also, like, don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think with stuff like that, where they're using extended techniques and everything, that obviously came mm. from like serialism and just saying, right, instead of actually writing something that's in the conventional way, we're going to figure out what this instrument can actually do. Totally, yeah. You can kind of get that's on it. board with some of it, others of it. It just, it's just right. Let's blend all these horrible new noises together, <laughs> and that's music. Yeah. Because it's making a sound out of something. It's like almost felt to me like some of it was like right you're doing it now to prove a point what yeah i think i think I've, that happens with a lot of music yeah look what i can do yeah remember that woman off remember that woman off x factor she sang like 50 styles in one thing and it was no it was just shit was it? she was like yeah but i'm singing 50 styles in 30 seconds and it was like yeah but it's shit when yeah, you're that's... doing stuff like that you have to do it well yeah I... that's like um darius all right yeah. when he sang like hit me baby one more time for his pop star, pop stars back yeah, in the day yeah. audition, but he was just going between the harmonies and showing how well he could do it. And it was like, and I just remember Simon Cowell's reaction being, "You came in here and did something very strange today." <laughs> <laughs> did have you, did you ever listen to Real Big Fish being Scar Punk? Yeah, yeah. There's one of their songs I can't remember, but it's a live version um, on one of the live albums. It's absolutely genius. So they've got this song called Suburban Rhythm. Okay. Uh, it's so like basically well. whatever happened to suburban rhythm? Mm. Why did Ed and Scott quit? What they do with it, they just stop it like two minutes in and go, no, no, that song needs a lift. So they just go to old school punk. Then they go, right, no, no, no. Oh, it's just, that's not right. Go into another huh. style and they go through about yeah, nine yeah. styles. They've done it perfectly. If you're ever going to do that's something cool. like that, follow that example it was genius they went into death metal at one point oh. disco hip-hop it like literally did it like run the mc it that's was a, absolutely class that's a great idea i'm gonna have to listen to that but yeah it was just for their live thing um, yeah i was gutted when i went to see them and they didn't play it yeah. but it's probably run its course by then so, Maybe, I yeah, yeah. so if you're if you're approached by 
I don't know. Your your music's very sort of maybe Game of if Game of Thrones come to you and they go, oh, we love you, we love your tune, you know. I mean, it's there's, finished. There's I mean, lots, House of the Dragon. Yeah, maybe as it was being made, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know they, they love your tune, but they're gonna they're gonna mess around with it and do this and that. But obviously you you're making loads of money off it, and the, where, where do you draw that line? Is what I'm trying to oh, say. Oh, like honestly, I think everyone's got their price. Haven't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah, we're all for sale. We're all for sale. Yeah, it's just it's just a matter of how much for each of yeah. us. So um. Yeah, I don't know. They, yeah, there's probably some things like I'm trying to think of an example. Um, but yeah, there's a, yeah, there's definitely some situations where I, I would almost certainly I be like. I do know a couple of examples of this. So when I was at uni, my uh, my composition lecturer was um, he was actually a film and games composer. Mm. So for one game, it was Shift to Unleash, which is a, a driving game. It was built off the back of Need for Speed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Um, they took a song called Night of the Hunter um, from 30 Seconds to Mars and also they took Mountains by Biffy Clyro and made them into orchestral versions. Oh. And like they had him re-recording bits for him. Like, uh, it, yeah. was, it was done so well, but if you listen to that standalone, it just sounds really weird. Just mm. hearing like these cinematic sounds with, with Simon Neil going... I am a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> right over the top of it. It just yeah, almost doesn't sound right, but it worked. And mm. uh, Night of the Hunter, by the way, sounded absolutely unreal with I it. I only know the one song by 30 Seconds to Mars because I used to go out with someone who looked a little bit like Jared Leto, like <laughs> massive blue eyes. And like we were watching the video once and I was like, this video, it was just ridiculous. It was like, he's a samurai. Oh, the kill. He's got a, the is that kill. what it's called? Yeah, yeah I kill. think it's called The Kill. Um, There's just sure like so many kind of excuses yeah. for him to just look at the camera looking really hot with his shirt off. It's <laughs> just like that's what the whole video is. I mean, I'm not complaining, but it's a little bit, you know, transparent. Um, but yeah, like that's the only song I know by them. And he's got some fucking pipes. Hasn't oh. he got a cult now, Jared Leto? Oh, he's got I, a cult. Really? Okay. There's some island where he's got a cult. Right. <laughs> I don't know what, don't know what goes on in Hollywood. Yeah, I've got where, like, to <laughs> really weird things happen in Hollywood. I can just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely but. ends up scrambling your brain. Yeah. <laughs> what were we meant to be talking about? Well, yeah, just more. Just more <laughs> the, well, I mean, we're running out of time now. Oh, anyway. We're going to have a quick break. But yeah, just more like where that tipping point comes. It's like oh, when sorry. you see, <laughs> yeah. it's like when you see like um, a lot of people's first albums, you really fall in love with like their style and you can tell they're very raw and it's very much about what they created. Then mm. the second and third albums are very like then generic and made for the charts and, and you, th th that loses me a lot. Sure, George like, Ezra know, being an example. I love George Ezra's uh, influences when he first started. It was very like like bluesy and he had this mm. really soulful voice but now he's just so like, I'll be riding shotgun. This is very much like yeah, so it's just, uh, I just think I wonder what how he feels about that because he's not the same as what he used to be. But you don't know? you think I mean so much of it is like the first album is like kind of easy to put together because you've been writing for years mm. and your mm. second album it's like you're under duress you've yeah, got this con yeah. contractual obligation to get another one out in yeah, a year yeah. and you've suddenly got to write the same amount of songs mm. and that's almost certainly why they tend to be less I good think, than I think a lot of people feel that about like the likes of the killers arctic monkeys are another example the kooks even um, oh god remember the kooks oh, I, I saw them, I saw them last year in February they were absolutely amazing really yeah. so they're still oh, such going such a good live band okay um, that surprises me well they're, they're quite they've got that kind of like clunky funky sort of 
guitar riff mm. sort of sound you Gen see how tight they actually are yeah absolutely okay. unbelievable but i think some bands even go the other way where it's like right okay yeah we've done the commercial yeah. success yeah. bit right now we're going to do what we want to do yeah. and i think it does solely depend on how the record label reacts and normally how young they are mm. so like the arctic monkeys were never great with the media and they had a, I think they had a particular sound for a number of years. Yeah. And Northern. now they've just gone, nah, sod it. Mm. Like, forget all that. We're not with this raw. Obviously, band. wealth plays a part in that as well. Yeah. Because the more financially stable you are, then the more it's, it's less about the money, then, isn't it, as well? That's true. Is, yeah. Right. So, go on. Uh, yeah, go on. I forgot to okay. got 30 seconds. <laughs> it's like radio. Oh, it's not this. enough time. <laughs> it's not enough right, time to Keep that point. thought then. I know you had a thought from the last one as well, but uh, yeah, we'll see oh, I don't you shortly. Know what that was. <laughs> Hello, it's Lee from the One More Songcast. I do apologise about interrupting your episode, but this is a public service announcement. Now, we need people to like, share, subscribe and follow us across social media, YouTube and the podcast platforms. It would really help us to reach more people, reach musicians like ourselves and reach just people who like listening to podcasts. So, across TikTok... Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Tom's Cast One, or just simply the One More Songcast on YouTube or your favourite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts. So, don't forget to download, rate, and review on your podcast platform. Get in our comments, like, share, subscribe on YouTube, and also just follow everything we generally do across social media. Cheers. I'll let you get back to your episode now. Right, we're on to part four, potentially our final part of the, of the episode this afternoon. So we hope you've enjoyed it so far. We want to give a big shout out to Stephanie, who's actually in the studio this afternoon. Uh, she hires out the space, well, lets us hire out the space. And, uh, you know, she's even made some mugs for us as well. So a uh, big shout out to Stephanie. We've left them over there, so we can't <laughs> yeah, even show them. them. I was just trying to find it, like, blindly, but no. Uh, so, uh, also, before we... Uh, Continue. Thanks to everyone who got us to 100 subscribers and yeah. two and a half thousand listens. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Shelley's episode that propelled us to that number. So. Was it? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good episode, to be fair. Thank you. Right, so we're going to talk about... Well, actually, you had an idea in your head, didn't you? Is it still there? Do you know what? Uh. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Go okay. Go we're going to talk about the release process of songs and obviously the struggles. We spoke to Georgia Locke, who's um, writing her own music and she's local to hear and obviously about the struggles of trying to get your music heard it's obviously such a saturated market as well um so in terms of that release process do you go in or both of you again do you go into that release process with an idea of how you're going to market it or is it very much just i'm going to put it out there and see what the reaction is and what generally works what doesn't work i always try and like really just oversaturate everything yeah. <laughs> like just this is coming out tomorrow oh it's coming out in five days it's coming out in four days it's coming out in three days <laughs> just like so people just fucking hate me but like, i don't care um i try and do that and then just like yeah talk about little else um but like you know to limited success i don't really know how to like break through and make people give a shit about yeah. the stuff you're making do you no, it's no. a very <laughs> difficult market. I think yeah. I've had, like, my band's first single uh, actually got over a thousand plays, so I've not got that greater than, yeah. like, less than a thousand. That's good. Uh, thing on it. Um, but that Keep was talking. because we were literally, like, Keep sharing talking. on forums, on Facebook and everything. Yeah. Just absolutely 
battering uh, Facebook groups and all sorts. So in the end, we'd get like 30 listens on each. We literally went onto all these playlists, like playlist uh, people who were just putting music together who were yeah. just local musicians themselves and like that. Like kept harassing them basically to yeah, get yeah. get put on the playlist, um, and then one local musician called Alan Jacob in Warrington, he um, he actually put us on a playlist where he was promoting his like playlist and actually putting money into it, uh. and that generated a few hundred listens for us. So that I think he ended up getting like five hundred listens for us. Yeah, that's so cool. that massively helped. Mm. Um, but other than that, I think it's like I I listen to something like some music marketer say like it takes people seven times to listen to your song to really fully engage with it. Mm. Okay, a lot of people. It's so I try. I did try something where I was putting the same section of the song when I had yeah. the music video recorded to see if that made a difference. And my streams have gone up. But, okay. And the most recent one, but it is. It's a hard thing because unless you try something, you don't know if it works. And social media mm. is free. Yeah. Most of the time, unless you pay for ads. So yeah. there's no harm in just trying something now, I found. it's Totally. But you try and follow what other people who have got the 10,000 plays in the first week are doing. But they've already got the following. That's it. It's all about getting the following, isn't it? And that's, uh, that's, that's like my main priority is just trying to kind of develop like a fan base. Um, yeah. How do you... Generic How do question. I do that? How don't do you know. do that? Yeah, like, obviously <laughs> I don't know. it just depends. The more you out playing with your bands and with on your own, the more people see you. Yeah, I mean it's there kind is of how that. It develops, isn't it? But obviously the internet is like yeah. has a much bigger reach. So I think I mean my my next priority is just getting like a music video made because I feel like then I'll have some really good high res video content to just put out there. I was going to ask you about that whether you whether you do make a music videos. I, I have a plan for one, but I haven't made one yet yeah. because I'm just fucking poor basically um get me to do it i did it for lee <laughs> yeah yeah you're just owing, you're just paying back in time yeah yeah sure, okay. paying back in summer sure. in time yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so like that's uh i actually on this on this topic i actually like a week or two ago i experienced some real fucking burnout over this um it was like i mean there was some other stuff going on like personal stuff as well but like just everything kind of happened at once and i was just like I'm supposed to be doing the single release and I really need to like push it. I really need to make sure I'm, I'm doing, I'm following this plan that I've got um, for it. And it was just because it was just like so disheartening, like mm. how much of an uphill struggle it felt. I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think, yeah, I've definitely felt that. Mm. Um, Cause I was living around Warrington at the time I did my first release. Yeah. I just thought, oh, well, the whole Warrington community is going to get behind me and all this sort of thing. People don't give a shit. But, <laughs> like, all yeah. the musicians did. But yeah. But then there's, there's 30 musicians. Yeah. If they listen to it once, you've still only got 30 plays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's still that battle where you're like, oh. Yeah. I've listened to that song back since, and there's so many bits of that recording I'm not happy with. Sure. Like, it's out of time. There's bits that go out of time, and I'm like, oh, no, why didn't we re-record that bit? Yeah. But, but I've now sort of learned to go in with no expectations, be really proud of the songs mm -hmm. still. And, like, the last one particularly was just about me and my mates. Mm. And one of my mates has said, like, like, you know what? I could tell it was about us, and that's... Aww. I've done my job 
No That's matter how really many plays nice. it gets, I've, I've done my job because my mate absolutely loves it and he keeps messaging me every now and then like, I've still got your song on repeat. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it was released in April. That's so, <laughs> so nice. Or May, something like that. So it is, it is definitely an uphill struggle, but you just yeah. have to go in, right, what was the song intended to be about and has it related to yeah. people in the way you wanted it to relate to? Whether it relates to how many like so in thousand people or whether it relates to the two yeah what difference have you made and that's the way totally. to do it really i think and also um every now and then you'll just like like your mate messaging you're like every now and then you'll just get a, a comment from someone like i got someone on my band camp sent me a message just being like you know saying my your music is amazing thank you so much for you or something <laughs> like that and i was just like that's really kind of helped because it wasn't mm. someone I knew mm. it was just like some random person that just had found me and and stuff like that right really like lifts you up and you're just like okay people are yeah. listening to me um, I've noticed it with this podcast as well because like obviously I don't have experience of releasing music but mm. I, it's always the things that you want people to to look at that they don't and it's the silly sillier thing so yeah. say if i put up a cover video or something or um advertising gigs and stuff like i'm obviously appreciative of that. that's how i make my living but when you're pushing this podcast and sometimes you've you've put all this effort into making the episode mm-hmm. then you put it out on social media and it's like come on work come on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen, yeah listen but it's like and that gets you down it does doesn't it that's but you I just gotta exactly keep it. it's cliche but you just gotta keep moving forward with it and believing in what you're doing so. you have to that's it and also it's just like you know when i was when i was feeling really burnt out the other week and really really sorry for myself i was just like yeah but come on what's the alternative i'm not going to stop doing this mm. i'm never i've always written songs i'm never going to stop doing it so i might as well just toughen up yeah. you know it is tiring isn't it though like like yeah. the marketing of it it's definitely especially the self-marketing getting all the photos ready like you say little videos um putting it together it's it's tough and sometimes when you think oh, it's too overwhelming this i don't actually want to get started on it but sometimes once you do get started on it mm. you're all right you know but it, it is yeah. it's tough isn't it it is i think it we is. end up leaving it a week before we start editing <laughs> Because you okay. sort of want to listen to it on fresh ears yes. as well. Yeah. And then sense. you actually listen to it and you're like, do you know what? That that was a really good part. That mm. was a really good conversation. Great question from Luke. It's a weird thing how you yeah, dis- yeah, dissect yeah. it. But yeah, I think, I think with your own songs, you just sort of... This is why I probably got to the point where I'm handing the responsibility even over to a producer sure. a little bit. Because mm-hmm. that second set of ears will know, right that bit is brilliant. Like, that's going to connect with people mm-hmm. so much. I think, like you say, like you asked the question when you're performing something live, have you changed the way you've written? I kind of have in the sense that I know my style better. So you then look at other... You'll look at, you might look at other folk artists to see mm-hmm. what they're doing to promote the music. I will look at other indie bands to see what they're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, totally. I think yeah. that whole process, and you like you still don't get it right. You're like, well, my song's as catchy as theirs, like, in a different way. How have they got 10,000 plays? Yeah. I think that's the thing. You kind of have to go into it with that attitude of, like, don't get too low with the lows and don't Mm. get too high with the highs with it because if you go in with so many expectations, Mm. that's what I think gives you that burnout. Yeah. That's what I think gives you that, like, downer on release day when you've only got 50 plays and your mates have just got 500 or 5,000. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really true. Is there anything you've spotted from, you know, um, artists that you know and stuff 
where you thought, oh, that's really cool, the little promotional tool that they've used, or maybe they've thought of something slightly outside the box. It's, I don't know, they've done something like improv on the street or something to promote it, or is there anything you've, you've both of you have experienced in that sense? Um, not from anyone I know, I don't think. Although, saying that, actually, my friend, um, shout out to my, my friend's band, Square Wild, um, they, um, their singer Lucy, did uh, they did this brilliant thing where they got some merch, um, like and they they did like an unboxing video for it, and just it was just adorable. Yeah. She's uh, like has the giggles and it's just like feels really awkward about it, and they just kind of cut it together in a really good way. And I was like, that is fucking, you know, ten out of ten yeah. social media. Staying personable. Yeah, being yeah. like authentic, but also promoting your product. That's yeah, what you yeah. want to do, isn't it? So I've been thinking about this a little bit recently, which is um, not like. Um, not in the same vein at all, but um, but there is a uh, someone I just discovered on TikTok, and she's called Banshee, and she's just like she just does like like electro metal stuff where she's like screaming, but she's also got these like incredible vocals, and it's all about like it's largely about like female mythology, I think, in a lot of ways. But um, she's also kind of like tying female mythology, <laughs> female characters in mythology, but she's also kind of like linking that into her own life. So I saw her promoting her single birth of venus and i was just like this is fucking great um but like she talks a lot about her personal experiences in that because she's linked the story of the birth of venus to like her like being assaulted and um her kind of journey of like processing that and um that's really brave for a start yeah. like i don't think i could do that um and but also just like very powerful and it's something that like you know a lot of people are therefore going to or another reason for people to like connect sit with it um one on. thing that i i've seen as a uh, sorry to interrupt no it's you. fine i can just see you're about to <laughs> yeah. speak <laughs> um there's an artist i uh, who's on the same uses the same social media company as i do um i think we're the same one lms uk yeah. yeah 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 connor connor leckenby i don't know if you've seen any of his stuff no i don't think so um he's a he's a um He's almost like a punk, uh, pop punk okay. artist from Leeds. And it, he did something on his own track that I've done on a cover and it got really well responded to mm -hmm. on social media where you sort of like play a riff and see how many attempts it takes you to get it. Um, and when people see that process of you just fucking it up, royally fucking it up about 15 times, they almost appreciate it. Definitely. And like, it almost keeps them engaged to stay and see how many times it actually takes you to get it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he did it on his own song. Because, like, what we often do is we record a bass riff or something like that, never play it. Mm. <laughs> never play it again. Yeah, definitely. And you go back to it and you've almost completely mm. forgotten. mm so he yes. went back and recorded the intro and just recorded himself practicing it and just literally it took him about 15 takes. Yeah, yeah. His own song, you'd think, oh yeah, well that'd be easy. He's obviously going to know it. But it's like, <laughs> no, the process, this is how yeah. many times it actually takes you to get something yeah. right. I That's think great. That That's actually, really that actually got him probably more views than half his content mm. of his music videos yeah. and where he's playing the songs. It's... I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> whole, whole of social media is stealing and remixing what well, other people have done. Yeah, that's the of trends course. and everything, isn't it? Yeah. How, so obviously when you're putting out, both putting out your own music as well, obviously that's your creation. It's your baby almost. Mm -hmm. How do you, I mean, I don't know what it's been like for both of you, but 
negative comments online about some of the stuff that you've maybe been making. Um, is that something you've both had to deal with, especially with your own music? Everyone has to deal with that, surely. I'm struggling to think of any. That's good. And I think, right, so I've noticed this from busking. I think people are nicer to me because I'm a woman. Okay, yeah. I don't, I'd like, and, um, you know, I've spent a long time being like, oh, male privilege and blah, 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 blah. And it is a thing in some regards, but, like, people are nicer to you if you're mm. a woman. So, like, my, uh, Matt Hartless, my bandmate, um, hates busking because he's just had so much aggro from doing it. Right. Because I've tried to in get him sense, out with what, me. What, what sort of aggro? Well, either, like, people just being really rude and being like, you know, can you shut the fuck up? (laughs) Or even just people being like, oh, play this song. And just, I mean, I get this. People just start harassing you and be like, play this song. Do you know this one? Do you know, what about this? What about this? We get that as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course you would. What what was that girl screaming at us the other week? Oh, Brian Adams. (laughs) Brian Adams. Do Brian Adams. What what the song was now? Yeah, we were like, basically, it was like, she she first asked for Summer is 69. And Luke was like, oh, sorry, I don't know that one. Like, as in how to play it or anything. Yeah. So we can't just do that off the fly, yeah. particularly when we're a new duo. If we were like, yeah. if we were like five years into this and maybe you can just, just blag your yeah, way through yeah. it and get through it. But she's consistently, just play it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, sing, I'll, I'll, I'll sing it as a Yeah, I, like, it's actually what we based our, oh, uh, yeah, pod, our pod theme on. Yeah, yeah. So, I actually, I was, I was this close to going up to her and going, you know what, that radiator is broken, go and fix it. Yeah, yeah. And she go, oh, I don't know how. I would have been like, I Just... knew you got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, that's, that's what I felt like doing. So obnoxious. It's interesting yeah. though, because we had Georgia on and she goes live on TikTok a lot with her gigs and stuff. And she says she gets a lot of grief on that for going live and, yeah. and doing that. So not saying I don't agree with, with with what you're saying about being nicer to women, but I do feel like women get a lot of aggro in a different way at yeah. gigs, at pub it's gigs. Different. A lot of creepy men and like... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know really. That is an but. interesting point though, because mm. um, my covers band had a female drummer. Oh God. And I can imagine. It was like... She used to get a lot of compliments and everyone would be going, ah, oh, that drummer's brilliant and all that. And she's like... I take it with a pinch of salt. I was like, why? Because they expect you to be shit because you're a woman. Yeah. It's like yeah. people don't see female drummers. So when mm-hmm. there's when there's a, someone that plays half decent, they're automatically up on the pecking yeah, order. Yeah. But like, I never know, saw it like that. Do you know what's crazy about that is I used to have that um, when I played guitar in bands. Um, and, uh, or, you know, even like when I played with, with other women and like, and, um, fucking idiot men will come up to us afterwards and be like you were really good <laughs> but like the tone of voice do you know what I mean like, yeah. like as in like I thought you were going to be shit is really what they're saying <laughs> yeah. and you actually you exceeded my expectations which are low but um, but I the crazy thing is I have not had that since I started playing violin in bands well, that's good then. because people are used to seeing female violinists on the TV yeah, yeah. and isn't that mental that it's like everyone knows violin is a million times harder than guitar <laughs> It's just, there's so much more involved in making it sound not terrible. Yeah. Guitar, you can like play for a week and you can basically knock out a song. For a violin, it's like two years mm. or something. Yeah. But people seem to think that people accept female yeah. violinists, but not guitarists. And, mm. and But that's just a pipeline issue with the industry, isn't it? That's yeah, just the fact I, that like... I think it's just, I think it's been different since 
like there was a massive influx of female lead guitarists have set up uh, YouTube channels and stuff yes, like that. Social media, yeah. So I think that idea is changing where people are actually just expecting to see female guitarists. Yeah. I don't know if that's filtered through into the pub covers scene yet. And that's where uh, yeah. that's where the comments are coming. But I know yeah. Block Party changed their drummer a few years ago and then I've got a woman drummer. Mm. Mate, like she can she can do stuff with the drums that I've never seen in yeah, an indie yeah. band, never. That's really cool. Um, I didn't know that. But I think, yeah, as I say, with social media, that's just going to, like, it's going to become, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the drummer, the, the girl in that band, she's yeah. really good. But it's not going to be like, oh, the girl in that band is absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And really, it's just, just a normal thing. really solid. Like, yeah, yeah. She's just, like, she's fine. Yeah. You're fine is the best thing you can be as a musician, right? Mm. Just, like... Just yeah, yeah. Uh, oh solid. yeah, they're solid. They're like mm. when they don't. Sometimes it's like it's like a football referee when they don't notice you're there. It's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. And the sound engineer, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, when you don't notice anything go wrong, then it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get you. So, is there anything that you've both tried promotion-wise that just simply hasn't worked, and you'd never do that again? Maybe tips for people that are trying to produce, um, advertise their own music. I mean, I don't know how, like, I, if I would classify much of the stuff I've, I've done as having worked. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds enough. really yeah, yeah. sad. It no. <laughs> sounds a lot more downbeat than it's meant to, but it's just like, I'm very much still at the beginning, well, hopefully, you know, yeah, okay, the beginning yeah. of my journey yeah. with this. Um, I don't really know, if I knew what the cheat codes were, I would, would I tell, I'd probably tell you. You see, right you see it on, on um, YouTube and stuff a lot. It seems to, the algorithm seems to find me with stuff like that, like how to promote your song in 20, uh, 2023 mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. People seem to think they have the blueprint and stuff, but there clearly really isn't a blueprint, is there? It's just... Right um, place, right I think, time. I think it is, especially with TikTok and whatever else. A song can just go from being like a, you know, like a trendy viral song, and it's not even necessarily that it's a better song than yours. It's just it's caught a wave, and yeah, it, you know, mm, like totally. Well, put it this way, uh, um, our drummer Abby, our old drummer Abby now, mm. she used to do the social media for Flash Floods, and this is how weird it is. You can get videos to ten thousand views, or you can get them to a thousand views most of the time. It's not really likely unpromoted. Mm -hmm. It it hits. It all literally depends on how quickly the algorithm picks it up. Yeah. So, like, they say, oh, yeah, the best time to post is six to eight. But she posted this one one time at midnight, and mm -hmm. it was just, like, it's basically this voiceover thing, and it was, like, uh, the, the drummer can't drum, oh, yeah, the bass player can't this. play, the guitarist, who knows what the fuck he does, and shit like that. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember exactly what it said. She doesn't. We're still getting notifications now. It's like two and a half thousand mm -hmm. likes, 13,000 views, but the page on Instagram has still only got 167 followers. Yeah, no one so follows annoying. you know, these things. It's yeah. like, but I'm sure the video's on like 13,000 plays. Yeah. Uh, it's more than I've ever got from any video, yeah. but she'd have like three videos that were on 6,000 and plus. Mm. And you're like, how, how are you doing this? Like, I think I, I got know. one. I was doing a cover of the Kooks Naive at a gig. I fuck it up within the first 30 seconds. It's got the longest play time. It's got the most likes I've ever had. 
And it was on like 4,000 views in less than 24 hours. I'm like, what, what well, be- have I done differently? Because you fucked up. Is that what people like? <laughs> I don't know. They're just like, yeah. oh, this guy's He's so authentic. Yeah. 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 Oh, this guy is oh, living dickhead. his truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. It's that's strange. You, you seem to pick up, I don't, I don't know why, you seem to pick up these, or you had a time, I remember you telling me about it, but you seem to pick up these weird people that were just giving you these like passive aggressive comments on your, on your post. Oh, <laughs> mate, what I just, all about? I just like, shut them up. Um, well, there's, there's always idiots, isn't there? Keyboard yeah. warriors. Once you go back at them, I found they just shut up. They don't comment back. Mm. The funniest one, I can't remember the, I can't remember the handle because I would 100% name and shame the prick. <laughs> um, but he commented on my post. Uh, something like, I was only messing about. It was like, there was like this trend on TikTok where it was like, it, you know, where it comes up with all these things, it flashes through mm. and you'd have to sing or do something with the song. It was like most guitarists would use it to play the riff. Yeah. Or singers would sing a little bit of that song. And I was just messing about on my couch. I was laid down, clearly not asked. Probably not even had a shower at this point. It was in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he put something like, the thing is, this guy actually thinks he's good. Oh, like, what a fucking I was like, I just literally went back at him. I can't even remember what I'd said. But I went... I went, oh, yeah, and it's so nice of you to trigger the, uh, help me trigger the algorithm. I nearly did it in a video, to be honest. I was like, it's very nice of you to comment on my post. Yeah. Um, but I want to see you do the same video. Let's see where your balls are then. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went on his... I'll actually view these guys' profiles to see what they're into, and he's promoted one of his mate's songs, and the guy's got auto-tune, and he's completely fucking out of tune. <laughs> it's so... It was it's just a beautiful no moment. Clue. It was like... Um, but Abby, our drummer, got so pissed off of it. She went on. She went on and commented yeah. and said, uh, "The worrying thing is, the guy actually thinks he's good." I was going to say, like, yes. "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Nice. Well, I, I, I just give it straight back now because I just think, mate, I haven't got time for you. Like, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. got time for you, but. I'm going to thank you for increasing my engagement. Well, that's the thing. And yeah. then shut you the fuck up. They never respond then. I don't, yeah, I, I had this weird one the other day and I was just like, just making a, I just made a video where I was like, uh, with my song, like my new song playing in the background and it was something like, it was really silly, it was like, felt cute, might walk, walk into my cat's I, body I saw later this, on. I but and, I didn't see the comment. Yeah, about. I walk into my cat's body later on and prowl around the neighbourhood listening to the oak trees gossip. I don't know. It's just the kind of thing that I yeah. think, you know, that's just, that's <laughs> my vibe. Everyone on my page knows that's my vibe. Um, but this guy just commented going, what? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, walking, you should try it, it's fun. And I was just trying to have yeah, a bit of banter yeah. with him. He was like, nah, I'm all right. I was like, why have you <laughs> What a weird interaction. Why are you, why are you? Uh-huh. It's clearly not for you. Yeah. And you know that's what? fine. The best bit is when, when they come up with what? And you're like, Read it if you're confused. What? Read it again. They come back with something else. And you've got that banter in the comments. Yeah. Like. That's it. I can't remember what I did once. But, like, there was a guy and we were playing a game, like, doing the, um, I was like, I'll name that tune, wrong answers only. <laughs> and there's this list of comments where we're just guessing the song wrong. <laughs> Even I'm getting involved in it. And, like. He's like, uh, he got the song wrong at first. I was like, oh, that's so close. I think he put like Britney Spears or something. It was definitely a Foo Fighters song. Yeah, yeah. As an example, it wasn't <laughs> exactly that. 
But then he just kept coming back with answers. I was nice. just like, this guy is class. I love <laughs> yeah, him already. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It, Maybe can, we it sh- can take a slippery turn though sometimes. Yeah. You know? And you can just be like in this back and forth stupid bloody Facebook argument or whatever. And you're That's like, oh, it. God, yeah. I, I decided a few years ago, I was like, I'm not yeah. arguing. It's on so tricky sometimes, anymore. especially during COVID and all that. You've got these <laughs> dickhead opinions on there. Like, yeah. Like, you know. I mean, I argue back like I don't give a shit, and that's probably why they don't respond. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But, like, just... because I'm, like, I'm thanking them at the start, they're like, I'm oh, bollocks. This yeah. I don't care. Like, I've, I've, I've tried to play Mr. Billy Big Bollocks here yeah, and can't yeah. shut him down. That, that's it. I literally was thinking that the other day, though, when that guy was being obnoxious and I was like, oh, a comment. Mm. Yay! Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah it's ultimately it is helping me. So, right, we're, we're drawing towards the end of our episode now. Before we sign off, um, we're just going to talk about your new song that you released on Friday. Yes. So, go on, we'll let you introduce it, talk about it Have a little I already bit. talked about it? I can't We've remember. We talked I'm off s- camera, I believe. God, yeah, that was it. I was yeah. trying to remember. Yeah. Like, briefly mentioned it earlier. Sure. Yeah, but we don't. We didn't talk about it much. We're going to do a live performance, aren't we? So uh, yeah, yeah. Come on. Have um, okay, so the song is called North, and I wrote it in 2017. Um, I was living in London. I fucking hated it so much. <laughs> it was just miserable, miserable place to live. No offense, but your city is shit. And um, <laughs> guess, yeah, just no offense, but no offense, I'm going to offend people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true anyway um so i was living there i was only there for like just under a year um and uh at the time the seventh season of game of thrones was on tv and uh in that the starks like were gradually kind of making their way home to winterfell and um that was like like those were like my favorite characters as well so those two ideas of like me pining for the north and um and those characters like making their way back back home up north just like really kind of amalgamated in my brain and I just wrote this like at first it was just like lyrics or it was a a poem or something and I I don't think it had a tune but um yeah I just kind of like it just came out really Mm. really quickly and um and then I think like last year it was I think yeah I think this was the first song I ever played at uh, an open mic when I'd never played at an open mic before and I was just like yeah this was the first one I ever did and I finally got around to actually putting it down um, as a single. And the reason is because I wanted like a lot of stuff going on in the background. So if you go and listen to the single, Mm -hmm. as opposed to my acoustic performance in Moment, um, there's like a soundscape and there's like violin. There was gonna be viola, I ended up just doing it on violin instead. Um, There's like some white noise. Mm -hmm. There's like many different guitars, there's bass guitar. There's loads of stuff going on. There's loads of layers, loads of texture. Nice. So, uh, but, it's also really good acoustic. <laughs> so That's what we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, we'll call it there and uh, we'll, we'll uh, move over to Shelley's acoustic. This is the first time this on the podcast. Yeah. So acoustic live, sort of live version. Here we go. It is live. Well, it is. What do you mean sort of live? By the time we put it out, it's not live, is it? So <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I was grasping at. Just leave this argument in. Like. Yeah, I was having just... a mental uh, you know, conflict with myself then. Yeah, it was just like you called, it, version, you called yeah, it a course. cover earlier. And this yeah, is yeah, Luke's like, live mental up. breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're going to get a cover of Shelley's song, of her own song. Yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> right, we'll see you, see you in a minute. Cheers. Okay, shall I go? Oh, fuck.
Fair.